Welcome to Dialogue Choices Podcast. We're here after a few weeks off, and Toaster's dead. Uh, oh, sorry, I didn't open the paper. Y- Toaster's internet is dead, so there's no Toaster this week. Just me and Andrew and Colonel. Hi. That's me and I'm Andrew. Sorry for his loss. Yes, I am Andrew. That was Colonel. And We're all the was... people that played Lethal Company. Toaster did not play Lethal Company, so this works. Lethal Company. does actually Lethal work. Company. Lethal Viral company. sensation, Wait, Lethal Company. Play? No, no. Tulsa did you see? No. What, you, was he there? With you, you did you think he <laughs> was there last night? <laughs> it was a very. It, it was Mysteriously. there was like six six people or seven people in the ship. It's like a big, and it all spread out and scary. Toaster yeah. was that thing that was chasing you in the. <laughs> we had room for him. There was an eight player eight player mod, but no, it was just the bonus. Our bonus players were uh, you and. And Bird, do we only have six Mandy? players? Were we only at six? Uh, no, it was, uh, it was Bird and seven. Colonel. Bird and Colonel. Were yeah, I think it was six. Yeah, because then the, previ- the previous it, day it was uh, me, Andrew, Mandy, and Illusory. So we've correct. So the the two the the four of us in particular have now gotten like eight hours into the game, and you guys got like two or three hours in last night because we yeah. also yeah. still You're played not kidding. longer afterwards. You're not kidding that this is a, a, a sensation. It's better rated than Baldur's Gate 3. <laughs> it is oh, extremely okay. overwhelmingly it's... positive on on uh, on Steam. Yeah. That is that okay, so Steam's reviews are are like hyperinflated. They mean nothing, literally. That's true. Yeah, they, uh, they, they can be trends the... and they can be based on yeah. like like vibes. The price of the game like, effect is so, yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's like like over once... like strayed never in any universe deserved to be overwhelmingly positive. But Stray, Stray, yeah, yeah, Stray was not a very good video game. game. It was like it was pleasant, but it was a meme. Its existence was a meme, especially in opposition to like Cyberpunk being bad. Yes, this is a good Cyberpunk game about a kid. It has a meow button. Mm. It's like this is stupid. This game's not good. It's fucking Assassin's Creed One controls and text prompts. (laughs) You just talk to everybody. It's fine. It's a, Ghost it of a Tale a was better. Ghost of a Tale was the same game, but much better because it had gameplay mechanics. Ah, play Ghost well, of a Tale. Yeah, but I think. Cucks. But I think it was. <laughs> what's important is that like it's a good. It's a fun walking simulator. It's totally fun. That's not what that means. That's it, not it what a walking is. simulator is. I, I didn't do much else in that game besides that. I you walked them around and you do, you do quests. Walking simulators don't have quests. Or oh, platforms. People keep okay. people it's keep a... mudding the waters more and more until eventually they start saying that Death Stranding is a walking nah. simulator, which gets really is confusing because it, it is a game that simulates walking, but that's not what walking yeah, simulator means. Not, that doesn't. Yeah. yeah. The, the walking first time simulators I heard are games simulator. like everybody's gone to the Rapture, where you basically walk down a glorified museum and a bunch of cutscenes and dialogue play at you, and then it ends. Yeah. Yeah. The, the first time I heard yeah. it though was with Oblivion when Oblivion came out. People were upset that you spent so long just walking around and picking up flowers. And I heard it for the first time in the official Bethesda forums. That's funny. That it, it was a walking scene. This was back in 2005. That's cool. Though, that's funny because that's more of like an original joke, essentially. <laughs> Although there's, yeah, there's yeah. less walking in Oblivion than in Morrowind. Morrowind is so walking. More, I don't think so. Do you think so? Yeah. yeah Mor- Morrowind doesn't even have fast travel it. on purpose, which is one of its oh, appeals true. on some level, but it means you do have to uh, commute to everything you yeah. do. No, no, no. No, that's no, no. no. That's Morrowind does have fast travel. What are you talking about? It has the fleet. No, no. You fast travel. It's not on the fast fleet. travel. That's a bus station. Yeah. Isn't that fast Oblivion, you can Oblivion has modern fast travel where you just click on a thing you've been to before and you're instantly there. Well, instantly oh, in that you, you mean... watch a seven minute Xbox 360 loading screen. 
You mean it has oh, like a no. teleporting option? The, okay. the, the Xbox 360 loading times in that game were so long, it might have been faster to walk there sometimes. <laughs> that is so Look, absurd. It, it had to load it was every really funny. single NPC I got so acquainted location. with watching that stupid little orange bar slowly fill up in bizarre it was batches. Red. <laughs> it wasn't orange. It was, it was red. orange, wasn't yeah. it? Was it orange? Your, street, your television I might have been off, off. I couldn't tell you. <laughs> it's Oblivion funny because loading uh, screens search for me. Morrowind was always it like it loaded a little bit. It wasn't long load times or anything on my PC, but it loaded uh, a little bit every time you moved a cell. And that might, Oblivion that might be came red. in. Yeah, and Oblivion came in and like it loaded so fast on my PC at the time, and I didn't have like a top of the line PC or anything. I had like a, an Athlon XP twenty six hundred X or no, it wasn't yeah. X. It was plus. It's really that the entire so, screen is sepia toned during it, so it it feels orange. But no, it's like oh, a burnt, it's like a burnt autumn red color. Yeah, but yeah, watch know. that little bar fill up a billion times very slowly, <laughs> just so That's slowly. The... Anyway, this was we started talking about Lethal Company instead. Talked about seven oh, other so, games. Oh, right, right, right. Yes, yes. <laughs> it was yeah. just so, Lethal Company. So Lethal Company is very po is very popular right now because it's yeah. being memed heavily and do not uh, do not conflate that with it being a game of utmost quality. It is definitely just a passion project, which is fine. There's but it's really cool. It's, it's really, really cool. It's, it's sincerely interesting. Do not, do not go into this game thinking it's going to be some like like slick polished marvel masterpiece just because there's a lot of funny reviews and it's overwhelmingly positive it's sure still but nobody nobody game. claimed that also no, that's just, that just I, doesn't matter that doesn't conflate with quality i guess i guess if you're trying to re recommend this to your really boring friend then you might have to specify what the concept yes. of an indie game is because they don't know yes it is it it, it, yes, it is I, I retched a little bit when you're like it's not a marvel masterpiece i'm like oh god because <laughs> yeah like the the formula for big popular thing is so gray and so boring I, that like i'm like yes give of, me this weird chunky messy game that has a bunch of cool ideas and is falling apart at the seams because the the the, 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 mar, the equivalent of marvel video games are just uh do you think it was mean. buggy no for me it's more but of it's a, like it's 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 got stuff going janky. on there's, there's yeah. jank. It's a, there's a little it didn't, bit of didn't have overt like, bugs, but does have like a bunch of monsters clipping through your ship and like, oh yeah, uh, yeah. weird terrain that acts weird. There's, like there's a there's pipe you're clearly of... supposed to run on, but it also has weird yeah. fucked up surfaces your character freaks out on and so on. There, it's a, it's, it is not a polished game. And again, yes, I agree with you, Keith. It definitely, it is indie and it is charming as hell. It excites it's me. early access. It, it is Came early out, access, but like, but again, I. All I mean is like when you go and look at the Steam page and the reviews, everyone's going to mislead you. It is at its core yeah. a very messy little indie game. It's fun as hell, um, but you need to go into it with that idea that it's a messy indie game because there's parts of the game that will just absolutely waste your time. You can get upset and frustrated by like walking out of the world, going way too far in a direction that doesn't make sense, doing things at, uh, <laughs> at the shop that you didn't read about beforehand because you didn't realize it was so hyper specific. Like a lot of there's a lot of things that aren't streamlined in this game. Uh, but I think I mean, that's some of it's fun. that, that little bit of fear and hunger where it's like the fun is the mess of just the yes. learning all of the weird things that the game has in store for you. Both the I, 500 I pitfalls and like the weird surprises, like just the remark, just the reaction we all had when we, our, on our like 10th trip to the shop, we opened a hatch. I'm like, 
huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't like, it wasn't even like eventful necessarily, but like, this is, uh, wait, there's new? I thought we knew yeah. the thing and there's more to know. <laughs> That's like no, the yeah. average reaction to a lot of what happens. For me, the the, the moment was, I uh, I was just by myself because Bird had left me for a little bit. Uh, and I, I lost track of where everybody was. And I just kept hearing only you, Keith. And you were talking to everybody else. But the the way the spatial audio works and how muffled it gets, it really conveys the notion of you just getting part of the conversation. So you were yeah. saying, oh, yeah, it's around there somewhere or something. And it was just I was right by the Okay, so I, I was audibly talking to other people and not just potentially talking to my stream audience. <laughs> No, yeah, you def we definitely could hear, yeah, yeah. Okay. But the thing is, you at a certain moment, you're like, no, 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 it's over there. Oh, no, no, it's so fast. And he started screaming, and I, I couldn't hear anybody else. So so everybody else was dead. And I'm just, I'm out of here. And so I went to the ship, and I was asking, is anybody here? Nobody was in the ship. And I, I looked at the cameras, and you guys were all together, and just monsters around you. And just, I was looking at the cameras, and and like that, that, that sort lethal, of, it's so Company has one of the best because... uses of spatial audio I've ever heard in a video game. Oh, yeah. Like I am, I'm, I'm genuinely upset by how good it is. Like it yeah. is the most, it is the most polished thing in the entire game. Is that spatial audio system? It's like, it, like it, it reminds me of like the yeah. stories I used to hear about people playing Chrome Hounds, which is this like giant, mm. advanced, like big, like battlefield, uh, mech game, but it only had location based audio. And so yeah, I think I remember that you would increasingly like supposedly like you wouldn't know who was left of your team and all these other like cool environmental storytelling. Not that's not the term. <laughs> these but like you'd have like you'd have like, like an emergent story going with your weird specific perspective of who's going what's going on and so on. And that mm -hmm. almost never really comes up in games. I love like, I love spatial audio as a yeah as a um, just as a concept really. But for a horror game, that's where it's at. Yeah, they I, do I didn't the, encounter the, the spatial muffling. audio until like Halo 2, where it was a common feature. And in a lot of oh, games, yeah. it just isn't a feature, especially since they don't usually want people to be able to talk to their their enemies. But yeah, in a lot of other games, it just doesn't work super well. But definitely, it definitely works in Phasmophobia, where in you're going yeah, in around this house games. and you're and you're fucking around trying to interact with ghosts. And the act of speaking can be a mechanic, so you, there's reasons to stop talking sometimes and so on. Mm-hmm. Plus there is, and uh, so, and I think this game will do it too, but there eventually yeah. becomes a a level of seriousness you need to take where there is like planning and coordinating and executing. Uh, so like someone will stay on the ship with a walkie-talkie and then the, whoever has the walkie-talkie needs to coordinate with the other people. Like, okay, there's like a monster in this room three doors down. Like we need to, <laughs> don't open that door, right? <laughs> like things like that. And it, it's a game that like you can, you can be a fun, silly, goofy, run around and, you know, among us fuck around kind deal. Or you can sit down and take this game semi-seriously and probably execute pretty okay with it. Like, if you go in here trying to make money, you could probably be efficient about it. Because we we have like a semi, I would say we're like semi there. We have a couple of things that feel very professional about oh, yeah, how it's, we... It's definitely a game where you approach. ramp up over time and, and tasks that yeah. felt impossible suddenly are like comically easy like yeah. it took us hours <laughs> just to succeed at the first uh like quota, the quota. First, which quota? is a hilariously oh small requirement <laughs> yeah one yeah, thing i noticed we're, you guys yeah. what i'm doing is, is scanning indoors that helps you so much finding stuff on the floor it's not even just that it's just having to learn 500 more things about just how to engage with the environment or where you like when oh, we yeah, played the helps. first level yeah. we didn't even know about the facility 
Yeah, you we just didn't explored know outside. Yeah, we just ran around. Wow, we, found, that's cool. we, we, fa- we found it eventually, we but like for a long time, we were just like out in this big desert, and we're like, yeah, we're, yeah. we don't know what the, what the game's like shaped like yet. I found it. I found it right away by myself. I was like, wait, what is this? It's so, but the, so yeah, the but thing, we didn't know that was like our objective yeah. either. Like we didn't know we went oh, completely yeah. we blind. And yeah, the game we does not. It has a little paper, but it doesn't give you that much overall about how to like what the oh, shape of the cool, game though. is. So it takes time to like yeah. process. So you and Bird kind yeah. of had the advantage of playing with people that had played the previous night. So there was a, a jump start to it. But and there's, there's somebody a, who can answer your questions yeah. real quickly. Where we us, were just like, "What's a landmine? What do we do about this?" It took us ten minutes is to land the ship somewhere. Oh yeah, because <laughs> the game just dumps you out, uh, in the ship with your friends, and then you have to figure out how to even go to a level. <laughs> and, and that, yeah. that's, that's Isn't actually, it just pulling the lever? No, you have to. You no, have to you go have to in the, go computer the computer that Andrew kept going on and use command yeah. prompt. Mm-hmm. And like I see, and like command prompt, as in like it doesn't even tell you what the commands are at first. So you have to like type in help to figure out what the commands are, and then parcel mm-hmm. the different menus and so on. And uh, yeah. like that's your way of getting in, like into any, the things going, like the ships like landing anywhere. And you have to figure out and, like what these things mean, or how much money you have, and what things you can afford to go to, and how money even works, or how you even get money. And it's it's a good idea to just trap people there. I'm sure that there's like some multiplayer groups that meet up there and go in blind and then are like i can't figure out the video game and so on and they get like real they get like brick walled there but like it's like it makes you it it sets you up with a level of inquisitiveness for what you're gonna have to deal with for the rest of the game figuring out mechanics and telling what the hell you're looking at that's like it's a really good starting point Mm -hmm. we should actually introduce this game i guess (laughs) Yes, let's uh, yeah. let's let's roll back and like talk. What is Lethal Company? Yeah. What is this game? So Lethal Company is an indie game that took off uh, like a, it came out like a month ago, and it's I think on Steam and has been taking off. And even when mm-hmm. I first posted a thing of it, it was, I was like, I think Andrew's first reaction was like, "Yeah, this it's just the YouTuber screaming market again or whatever." And it was it was easy to dismiss the game as not being a big deal. Uh, yeah. But then I didn't I mean to be the... dismissive. I just wanted to, to like set the expectation. That this is one of those like it's popular right now because it's it's in that current streamer sphere. So yeah. like that those some some sometimes there's an aversion to playing like what the the most popular type of game is just for the the sake of it being like okay it's over talked about right it's over indulged in maybe it's not as listen like listen, it's only popular listen. because people are talking about we're getting it. up there in the years we need to relate to the younger market and play these meme <laughs> games or we're gonna fall apart <laughs> we, we, yeah, we need the views you're not wrong you're not wrong unfortunately but you but know, no, i uh, i, I, I like to what happened is I, I i saw the hyena mod get made for the characters and i got i got interested in that and it was specifically an artist i've already seen that uses that makes mixed models that i also use in vr chat and then I kept seeing people going on about how fucking funny the game is and sharing clips of just absurd things happening. And there used to there seemed to be just enough of like a noise floor of everybody like engaging with this game. And I'm like, okay, I think there might be more to it than just being like this week's jump scare game or whatever. And uh, so I, I wanted to poke. And then I opened the fucking Steam page, and it's got like a, a disgusting amount of positive reviews. Yeah. It's like yeah, yeah. holy it's like, shit! It's like in the sixty thousands or something. I and think. I'm like, okay, it's well, ninety. No, to do that, you have 90? to. You do have to buy the game so. to do that. Like, <laughs> yeah. so those aren't people just but reviewing it based on a video they watch. Like yeah, they're yeah. engaging with the game and then reviewing it. So I'm like, this is maybe we should take a look you at this. You can vote game. on it. You can nominate it for the Steam Awards right now. Yay! Mm-hmm. For comparison. For comparison, Stray only got 114,000 positive uh, reviews. 
Wow. So, but as so it's almost up there. But the way the game worketh is that uh, you are uh, disposable workers at a salvage company. So disposable that your death barely affects the game when you die. Uh, you get you and up uh, you uh, and up to four people, or not and you um, among up to four people are on this ship that can land on a number of different uh, environments, like a there's like a desert and a, a forest and whatnot. And uh, you need the primary objective once you're there is to find your way into the facility where people once were that seeming that's abandoned for some reason. And the uh, the overworld itself stays mostly the same with some minor changes, but the facility once you get in is extremely modular and procedurally generated, so it's different every single yeah. time you land anywhere. And your goal is to get in, get items, and get back out and take them to your ship. And they these all these pieces of salvage collectively make some level of money. Uh, they range from like an engine block to a hairbrush and. Like there is, yeah, the the items get increasingly stupid, the things that you take back, but they're worth something. Some of them make noise. Some of them have concessions because like you have four inventory slots and you can pick up an item in each slot. But there's there's big two handed items that both they both take up one of the inventory slots and you can't interact with anything when you're holding them. So you have to pick them up last as a concession and then like slowly haul it all the way back to the base. Essentially, they slow you down a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it just becomes this uh, this process of getting in, grabbing things, and getting out. But as you're going into this base, there's just a series of hazards where there are one of the one of the first uh, causes of death is just the fact that these facilities are dark and full of holes. Uh, so a lot of people just start dying to gravity at first. But once you can afford flashlights, things escalate, and then you have to deal with like, oh, there's literal like machine gun turrets that have been left behind that will shoot you on sight there are mines placed throughout the environment that have an obnoxious chirp that announces where they are but not very well so you vaguely know one's nearby and until you see it you're not sure where it is and you're still searching uh and then increasingly just a series of upsetting cryptid monsters that will chase after you or not always chase after you and some of the ones that don't, and some of the ones that don't chase after you are dangerous and some of the ones that do chase after you aren't dangerous and <laughs> and each one has its you own each one has its own like weeping angel style rules, like like to the point where there is a weeping angel type enemy with the ones the type of enemy that moves when you don't look at it and will kill you if it catches you, which is always a fun mechanic. Uh, and it's just it's just a variety of different enemies, and uh, a lot of the fun is not knowing what the list of enemies is and just going in and just being faced with something and not knowing what to do about it or not knowing how to react to it or if it's something you could fight or you run from or the, even something that you can chase off or who knows what the thing is or actually this enemy yeah. being here is a good sign it means something's nearby that you want and so on and it's it's very fascinating but the game is extremely punishing obviously gravity kills you instantly but also like most of these guys will just kill you very quickly and uh a lot of the fun of the multiplayer is just experiencing this chaos and this kind of unfairness of being forced into an impossible situation with limited information and find, fucking around and finding out constantly. And it, hmm. and it, it very much, my, one of my favorite features of the entire game is it recreates the phasmophobia death, uh, death uh, observer uh, audience experience or whatever, which is that when you die, you then just spectate people 
and you can like skip between all the different people and that are currently still alive by clicking and you can hear them talking and figuring stuff out and so on but you're in a shared voice chat that's omni that's omnipresent with all the other dead people and so you get to have just this like this like the 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 horror movie experience like it's like no don't open that <laughs> and you're all like yelling at the same <laughs> yeah. time at the person you're watching yeah. and they can't hear you and you're all just like this shared experience of like watching in horror as the as the situation just gets worse and oftentimes because you have a third person view of them you you see all this stuff that's really important that they're not noticing <laughs> it's just extremely entertaining so it's just it's been a it's been a wild it's been a wild time the, uh, the the progression system is that it's a roguelike, so if you fail completely, you start the entire game over. But the you uh, you land on three planets for three days, and you have to get a certain quota worth of value. And then you go to the item shop to sell these items, and if you successfully meet your quota, then you can then go back out for three more days, and you can spend the money you got on ship upgrades and items you need like shovels and lights because the shovels the closest thing to a weapon in this game at least at the lower levels and like yeah. the flashlight economy is quite an economy because if, if you're people that like at the first you can't afford to give everyone flashlights and then some of the people that have flashlights will die and take the flashlight with them down a hole probably <laughs> so your flashlight yeah. economy is you're increasingly like four people sharing one flashlight <laughs> and it gets so struggly and very funny so like when yeah, you when you got, so when you get payday you're like oh fuck we can upgrade we get items and we can <laughs> get all these new things to then lose immediately uh, and then you loop again and if you don't get enough money on the on the on your quota then you all get spaced they just the company kills you they off game and, over. and replaces you and you start the game over from scratch and it looks like the game we were we were poking at it a bit it looks like the game's going to be escalating in difficulty as we get later into the yeah into each week like it'll the uh, planet conditions get more and more fucked up, and as you make more money, you can potentially afford to visit one of the very expensive planets and find out what they're like. That'll be interesting to see. Mm -hmm. The outside, the changes to the outside of the planets are really cool already. Just the because you do need to navigate them when you're fleeing from monsters after five p.m. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the uh, one of the really fun things is when you start to develop almost a a fluid pathing through the world and even like the procedurally generated areas like you start developing a pretty oh i got smooth... lost so hard oh yeah <laughs> generated like, areas my yeah. god i these are like the kind of games i excel at i am really good at finding my way out of complex mazes that you can't map out i'm good at that but <laughs> i'm really bad at uh risk reward calls so I am really like, I will go really deep, even though I'm like, I can get out of here. But then when it's time to get out, it's like, I don't think I'll be able to make it out of here. <laughs> like, yeah. it's very, it's very fun um, to do that kind of stuff. But it's also, it's also interesting to watch as that develops, like you map out an area and you go, okay, here's like how to get to all three of the like entrances to a building or something. And I'm going to yeah. go hit this one first, then this one, then this one. And like, you know how much time it takes. You go like, okay, it's like five o'clock. I better watch out for, you know, it's about time to leave. So you just run outside and you're like, I can quickly go to this area, grab some stuff and go before X. Like it's, I like that. I like yeah. how your brain There's like some, that. it's got like an interesting use of like, like true randomness. That's like hostile in an entertaining way. Cause like the, uh, the world, each overworld uh, environment is the same each time. I think some rocks and trees move around, but and but like the layout mostly stays the same. And so at first you're like, okay, 
well, you scan and it says where the main entrance is. Then you just go to the main entrance and you go there. So the overworld doesn't matter. It's just like a, a time buffer. It's just a, a thing that gets in the way and you have to carry stuff back over that distance to use up time and and, uh, and stamina. And that like eats into your budget. So that makes it makes you have to think about like when to take trips to take stuff back to your ship because that's your main goal. But then it hits 5 p.m. and the sun goes down and suddenly each of these environments starts filling with monsters. Like, ah! And suddenly that environment matters a whole lot more. But then over the course of the game, one of the really clever things that it does do is that these uh, these facilities you're in have fire escapes. So you open this emergency fire door and you just come out somewhere else in the overworld and you're like, oh shit, there's another exit to each of these places. Which means that that if you memorize where that was and learn where that location is in relation to your ship, now you, now you have a new entrance to these facilities. And like each each map seems to have one fire escape in the overworld that's relatively easy to find where you might find it on foot before you even find the entrance or you might find it between trips. But increasingly we're starting to notice, oh wait, there's like there's like three of these on a lot of these maps. Like there there's actually like yeah. fire escapes all over the place. And so once you and they're they're much harder to find to the point where when you kind of where even though when you've been there multiple times in some of these cases, it's really hard to parse exactly how to get there through the forest. But if you memorize those Your, you now have so, like four alternate entrances to this facility. Which is really helpful because the randomization is so hostile that you might just find a series of dead ends, no items, and locked doors, and be like, "The fuck do I do?" Yeah. So that that is the so there's two things about the the fire escapes. One, they don't show up on your scan. So if you scan the area, they're not going to show up there. You only see the main entrance. Um, so they do. It is kind. Of, it is a reward for exploration, both internally because you can you can find a fire escape both in through the main entrance and in the world just normally. Or you can find it outside, uh, and then obviously go into the 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 facility internally. Um, but it's uh, what's really nice about them is they uh, they are static. So the entrances to the fire uh, fire exits are static, but what's behind them is obviously randomly generated, which means you can like if your group is consistent enough, right? You can send two people into two different doors, and that's a lot more ground to cover. That's a lot more money to make. And most importantly, it's really funny when you can hear each other from a distance and you try to like, yeah. mar like Marco Polo your way through. <laughs> like, like, where are you? Where are you? And you're just like kind of running through the walls. <laughs> it's really interesting how the the pacing of the game, if you're, if you're getting close to your teammates and, and far away from them on a regular basis, you basically, it's a, it's a mix, a mishmash of you being, by yourself and being like, oh, what's around the corner? What's going to happen? What, what, is there a hole in the floor? And then you have your your uh, your colleagues around and just, oh, it's just, we're just having a good time here in these tunnels. There's nothing that can get this. It's all fine. Uh, but Until you hear someone it. like yell in the distance and you go like, uh oh, should I run? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is the game about unexplained yells. Like you just, this is, yeah. you just hear a loud noise the... and you don't know what you should think about that. Like, should I be going? And should I be going like towards I, or away from that? Or what's happening with these people? Uh, when we played last time, we had a really good encounter. It was me, Keith, and Illusory. And we were stuck at a door with two monsters, uh, one of which required supervision at all times. And there was an immediate, <laughs> like, what? Can we can we salvage this situation? Can we, like... It was just getting just worse and worse because, like... <laughs> yeah. One, we had the thing you have to watch to make it not chase you, but then we had the little guy, just the little goober, where when you hit him, he starts flying around and attacking everyone. 
And so Illusory is trying to swat this bug that's going all around the room chaotically. <laughs> and I'm trying to like AD strafe to not get hit by the bug while also keeping my eye on the enemy the entire time that you have to watch. And this entire time, louder and louder, you just hear increasingly loud thumps of a third thing approaching. <laughs> and it's the big bad thing that we're very much afraid to deal with. It was, I wonder if it's it was... possible to deal with it. Maybe. I, I mean, yeah, you could have 32 people slam that fucking thing with a shovel. I'm sure it will die. <laughs> yeah, we're intentionally not but, reading up on these things so we can experience yeah, yeah. the mystery. Yeah, but uh, it is, it's quite a nightmare. Like, even, uh, even, even knowing, like, how some of the creatures work, we know how, like, one of the monsters work. It's still not, like, understood. It's still not a guarantee. Yeah, like, we... <laughs> We've we've definitely seen like okay you can just you're supposed to like not stare at it but kind of like like aggressively stare it down and no it just will still run at you like it doesn't <laughs> like it's it's a uh, it the flower very, man having a very vague yeah, description that man. sounds self contradictory it does it it's so it's fun to it's fun to go around and look at all the monsters it's fun to figure out what they do and it's also more fun to see them just show up around the corner when you go oh. And you definitely need the item that it's in the room of. Um, I like the idea of I I like the idea of everyone kind of making their way through uh, the tunnels alone, but with the knowledge. Like the more you are, the more comfortable you become with the game, the monsters, the environments, what to look for. It almost becomes funnier to be alone, risking it because you have like so much confidence in both your ability your knowledge of the game but there's this the worst factor is still just the yeah but what if it's behind this door <laughs> like yeah i know what to do but if i open this door there's a fucking monster that like requires me to watch it 24 7 what am i gonna do <laughs> you know like am it's i a, gonna it's just a game that backwards? demands efficiency <laughs> because you're trying to extract as many resources as possible under a time limit and there's consequences for not making that time limit and so on yeah and still every single door is a risk so you're like you're going faster and faster and getting more like by the end by by hour six or seven i was just walking through the darkness like just powering <laughs> like every time we got to that one like network of tunnels that always pops up yeah i just kept powering through the darkness over and over again like if i don't, if I don't hear a mind chirp i'm going <laughs> and i would just go and you just above all else you just hope you don't walk directly into a turret and just get surprised yes. that way because a lot of monsters you can react to more than the turret if it just blindsides you, and yeah, I just, I just, I would just power through, just like in in just in pitch darkness, just running around scanning, trying to find like any random piece of scrap to take home, and I would just efficiently network those tunnels and map them in my brain and, and just move on. I'm like, there's no time to be afraid of monsters. We just have to, we just have to be <laughs> like wild. incredibly suicidal through these dark tunnels. Everyone else is crouching, or they have flashlights. They're being super cautious. I'm just like, <laughs> like I'm Pac-Manning through these <laughs> these areas, and I have them down. No, this place is clear. Let's head back. <laughs> I so, one thing I, we haven't I, engaged with yet is late night uh, exploration, or at least survival. I survival. can't imagine a situation you mean, you're where... talking about the outside world, right? Like outside. Yeah, night. yeah, yeah. But like, yeah. imagine we have somebody stranded in a, or maybe a couple stranded in in the in a room or something and it's 5 p.m. What are you going to do? Are you going to wait and, and try give them a little bit of time? Or do you just say no to that? Or even enjoy, things like... I enjoy that the game is just non-stop mechanics. Like every element has another yeah. thing going on. Because yeah, after 5 p.m. the sun goes down and, and monsters start coming out. And it's also just hard to see your environment at night. So you might not even be able to figure out how to get back home and so on. But like 
just to add to the things like at your ship you can see like if you if you're scan if you follow yourself with the little tracker screen you can see your surroundings and you can see like red blips heading towards you sometimes or, or you can hear the thumps of like big monsters heading towards your ship and yeah. mm -hmm. There's no clear etiquette of what to do in that situation because you're like, fuck, 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 uh, big bad things happening. Okay, well, we got to close the door, right? And then you close the door and then the fucking like Five Nights at Freddy's percentage starts counting down. You're like, oh, no, the door doesn't stay closed because <laughs> it's, yeah. it's the same thing in FNAF. So you, so you can't just leave the door closed indefinitely. It's like you can leave the, the door closed for like maybe 30 seconds, but then it'll open automatically. And then you have this question of like, will the monster be gone Will it, will it leave before this door closes? Do we only just stop talking? Because, like, is the monster attracted by our in-game communications? Do we all have to sit here silently? Is that is that a mechanic? And even there, it's just, like, if this thing doesn't leave before the door opens, then, like, what about the person who's still outside? Will they make it back in time? And even if they do, can we let them in? Or do we just abandon them and, and launch the ship and just cut this short and they die functionally? And whatever they have doesn't make it to the ship. And whatever brave excursion they were on was wasted because we fucking left them. <laughs> yeah, and there's even more layers to that, which happened to Bird. We were, I don't know if you were there, Keith, but I think Andrew was. We were looking at a, a, a chasm and Bird, and, and there was a stop sign on the other side. And, and Bird was like, I can jump over to that platform. I can get there. And I was like, I, I'm not doing that. <laughs> and he was just, he jumped in and did it. It, was, it seemed easy. Uh, and I said, okay, good luck. Uh, and he's, I'm going to explore over here, he says. And then yeah. we just sort of stop hearing him and we see like movement and we see his body from, fall from the ceiling and just he's dead. And we like <laughs> see it in yeah. the distance. And like all the, this was at the beginning of the, the day. At the end of the day, we just, uh, the ship and Mandy's like, oh yeah, I can see Bird moving around. <laughs> he's alive. And I'm like, wait a minute. What, what do you mean he's alive? I saw his body. And I started yeah. doubting myself because what ended up happening is the monsters were carrying him around. Basically, The game is so intensely creative. And one of my favorite parts is the fact yeah. that you... There's very limited information about who's alive. And so, mm. like, if you see someone walking around and talking with their real voice, and you're like, okay, well, that's By the that way, person. Well, Good. Well, we, yeah. Uh, so there's two things to, sorry, there's two prefaces here. One, from the ship, you can see uh, people. So on the ship, you can see, like, a radar of people, where they are, and if they're moving or not. You can see yeah. if they're carrying an item, if they're moving, and where they are in relative to, you know, like, other people. Um, and then there's also just you know, walking around, but there's no like in-game radar. There's no way for, and while you're playing the game to see where other people are besides yeah. visually with your eyes. There's no At roster. Least not that we know. You can't, you, you can't get tab to open a roster. Uh, yeah. The game doesn't give you death notifications. And the yes. only way to communicate, the way you communicate is by talking in the game. So if you or die, eggs. you can't talk. You only talk to the dead people and you just go into spectator mode Correct. and get to pull so, out your popcorn at that point. So, so continue, Keith. Yeah, I just wanted to make yeah, the preference there. Well, yeah. So it leads to this situation where you're in these facilities and you, uh, like, you can only hear, you can hear people at surprising distances sometimes, but sometimes you just stop hearing people and you don't know if it's because they're being quiet on purpose because they think that they need to <laughs> be quiet to be safe from something or like wondering if that's a mechanic or like if they're something else is or they, they wandered out of range because these facilities are like deceptively huge. It's like, a, it's actually extremely hard to understand how much facility there is. I don't think we've ever felt like we reached the end of one in its entirety yet. Uh, you keep wondering if you have, but there's always seems to be more. But it can't be infinite because there is like a score at the end that says how much stuff you found. So they're, they're seemingly finite, but it's really the, hard to tell. So on the yeah. ship, if you're on the ship, you can type in scan 
and it will scan it will scan the entire radius of the ship and tell you how many items are left in the world that you can collect. Um, and then at the end of the game, it will show you how much money you could have earned should could you if you had collected everything that was in the game. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. So that's you can go there and just scan it anytime, and it'll tell you like, yep, there's like ten things outside. You can go and pick up. It's somewhere in the dungeon if you're willing. <laughs> But in, uh, but in this game, you'll regularly lose track of people, and you don't know yes. which reason you lost track of people. Like, they could have just uh, gone back out to carry something back to the ship. They could have found a fire escape and, and like, checked that out and took that different route out. Or they or could have been eaten, or they could have just, yeah, they could just very abruptly <laughs> fall in a hole with no warning and no yell. Like, people are, like, explosively loud most of the time when a monster, when they see a monster, because they yell and run around and they're <laughs> they're making a big deal about it. But people will just quietly fall in holes all the time, <laughs> and then they're just gone. Like that's that's it. And I think, I, think I shouted even... when I fell both times, and I I don't know if it gets through. I don't know, but the part where you run around out? is a bigger part of why your voice reaches people when you're continually yeah. making noise and yelling when you're running from a monster, because you could just mm -hmm. be like slightly isolated when you jump in a hole. But then yeah. there's the, uh, but there are some monsters that will just like snap your neck so quickly that you don't have a chance to react, which is the equivalent of falling in a hole. And that's except way more dangerous because somebody else can walk in that room and be like, oh, it's Keith's body. <clears throat> and then it just fucking loops. Like everyone's walking into a room and dying with no warning. Uh, yep. But like, it's great about having really limited information because you can't check who's alive for the most part. And even when you think you're figuring out the system, that's broken and incomplete and misleading too because yeah you can go back to the ship and look at the, the like metal gear solid 2 little radar trackers of people see their vision cones moving around uh by observing them and if they aren't moving it's because there's no death indication indication but if they're dead then they're probably not moving so if they're not moving then they're probably dead because players don't usually just stop altogether and like stop doing anything like if they're Unless... even if they're like even if they're not, stalked. even if they're hiding, like they tend to look around and stuff. Like there's a lot of signs of life of people normally, but there's a few gaps here because there's there's at least one monster that swallows people, which means that their body keeps moving continuously because it's in the monster. And uh, there's also like seemingly uh, enemies that will like like take the body and uh, away and so on and so you'll see the body yeah. continually moving and you're like oh look bird's alive i'm like birds bird died an hour ago <laughs> birds, yeah. birds just un untold <laughs> things are happening to birds remains today and so it, it gets increasingly hard to tell who's alive it's just very it's very amusing i love mm -hmm. i love how almost everything about this game was like incomplete information and you trying to parse these weird fucked up things and just trying to just trying to use the handful of constants you have to cope with the constants, the things that aren't constant and like using them as like anchor points and so on. Like, like how the emergency doors are always in the same places in the overworld, but not in the, in the world, in the, the, uh, facility and so on. Mm -hmm. Like one of the, one of the things that highlighted to me, the idea that this game is like properly random, like in an almost in a hostile way was that at one point I found an emergency exit from the outside, went in it, turned left saw two more emergency exits. So every emergency exit was in the same room. <laughs> oh, no. so it's like a fucking like, like subspace highway from Scott Pilgrim or some shit. Like it was like a fast travel point. I could, I could warp between all these emergency exits that are really far apart in the overworld, but are all in one room in the fucking facility. It's like, yeah. no. it's like one, 
very it's useful wild. for scouting where they are and trying to that's where my knowledge grew of how that maps emergency exits worked but also deeply unhelpful because like part one of the thing, one of the strategies in this game for us little babies that haven't played it that much is that when a big scary monster chases you to a door you're like well we're probably not going to go back in that door so you try to go to a different emergency door that you know of so far to approach the facility from a different approach and hope that you can like unlock doors and you know, make some kind of progress scavenging without having to engage with the monster. But it's a complete crapshoot whether that other entrance is on the other side of the entire facility and, like, completely hidden away and practically a new level because you never find the overlap. Or it's the next room over and the same monster runs at you immediately. <laughs> it's it's very... It's, it's, it keeps... This game keeps you on your toes. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a lot to... There's a lot to do in Lethal Company. Uh, and especially the more... The, the longer you continue playing, the more there is that you need, right? There's a lot more skill and a lot more seriousness you need to take with it in order to maintain and succeed because you're not going to survive very long if, uh, if you can't get the money. And there are a lot of times the procedural generation will try to absolutely like hamstring you. It will throw you into like, I'm going to open up the main entrance and there's only one way to go and it ends in a dead end and like yeah if you don't know where those secret entrances are you're screwed um and even still knowing like you you know like you have to sometimes you just have to take jumps you have to get good at doing the jumping mechanic because you have to break you have to bridge that gap eventually and start exploring the other side deeper and deeper like but I don't know, like how deep, you know, like how how deep until you start going somewhere awful, until you start getting to a point where you're just in oh, a yeah. hellish onslaught of monsters all the time. And like, I, I feel like we are still so, so, so close to the top. We're still very at the top of this iceberg of a game. And I'm I'm scared the yeah, more I, that we need I'm to en- like. I'm enjoying that yeah. because like, I, like the Internet always solves things too much. Yes. And very uh, quickly too. And like, and if you're somebody that's like watching a billion let's plays of this and fully immersed in the community and also are playing this game all day every day, then you've probably like solved this game already and it's kind of almost boring to you. But for us, there's so much uncertainty and it's very entertaining because yeah. that's part, a lot of the fun is the fact that we're not sure what to do and every strategy or solution we come up with is inconsistent and has gaps and immediately can get called out by the game and, and stop working because the a fucked up scenario comes up and so on. And, uh, and yeah, like these facilities are wildly diverse in that, like, even though there are only so many rooms recycling, but like the layouts can be so functional and so effective in, in functionally changing the level because sometimes you get these really comfy levels that have tons of landmarks and very consistently like dispersed like main rooms that you recognize and know how to navigate and you build a quick mental map and you have a really good idea of where you are for a shockingly a shocking depth. And then there's ones where you're like five rooms deep and you're already lost and can't get back. You're like, I don't know. Oh, Jesus Christ. It's just all. It's just like they hit you with just enough like staircases back to back next to hallways. And you're like, wait, which yeah. floor was I? Um, I you like lose your <laughs> yeah. concept of what floor you're on because you've gone yeah. up and down. You've gone like up once, down twice, then up three times or some nonsensical sequence. And you're like, I don't know where I am height wise anymore. And I've lost my yep. sense of space. And then those are the ones where everyone's like, wait, how did we get lost? We've been here for five. We've been here for minutes. How are we lost? Yeah. And, and then no one can find their way home. 
It's great. one item that I, that I wish they implemented or implement or have later in the game is a tape or something like that that we can just tape off a door, for example. Yeah. Both as both as a warning to be like this is a dead end or or an edge oh, or whatever. Tape. I think or maybe uh, as a as a as a like a but trap. But it'd be expensive, so you would be afraid to use it. There is so oh, that yeah, is the point. Uh, yeah. We do have yeah, we have access like, to Is it a... worth spending money to just make people not open this door? <laughs> We, we do have access to like a, a radar system. We could put the radar on the ground and that would be an indicator, right? You could put it like oh yeah, halfway yeah. through where you're going and now you have a little radar dish that could sit there and guide you. And you could say like, you're close to the radar dish. If you keep following that, you'll get to the exit kind of deal. Um, so it is possible to do what you're asking. But the hard part becomes what Keith said, which is like you have to spend money on it, which means you need to be two things. One, you don't want to leave it behind because that means you wasted the money. And two, someone has to be in charge of picking that up. You need someone who is going to focus on doing that when the times get rough, because they will get rough. Yeah. Like that's the... he also meant the opposite of what you're saying, though, because you you're talking about a oh, beacon like a, system a for no... pointing your way back. Yeah. And oh, you mean like Colonel meant a way of cordoning could be, could off used... things, like don't go there. Yeah. Could you be could, anything. You could, could put the we could in use front it as... of it, and then they you could tell also you when the monsters. A tape would be cool if you could just like serve it. Oh, the tape is broken because an enemy went through it. Something like that. Mm, maybe so many ways to, which I would mean, also it's itself item, be even but... more messy and complete information. Of like, was it a player though? Was it something else? Yeah, I, I mean, I would only accept that if there was if if the world generated with tape on stuff already. Like, what I, keep, I want what to I, be what a, I keep wanting like, to do oh, is use cool a key well, to, yeah. to lock doors. <laughs> or, or, thought, example, yeah. You put a lock doors. <laughs> yeah, this is a monster, and they can open doors unless you lock it. That's I think the number, they can even open that's locked the number doors. One, I don't know if that's ever happened. But the number one thing that always ever... happens to us all the time is that we 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 keep doing this because there's you want to hope for a moment. Like we keep wanting to hope you can outsmart the monster. So we run from a monster and then we, <laughs> we close the door and then three of us will like tur- one of us will keep running and three of us will turn around and stare at the door like is it, is it, is it stopped? Is it go? And then it, then it opens the door and then everyone yells again and runs again. <laughs> this is the dumbest <laughs> fucking dynamic. It's very so good. fucking funny. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait to discover more just dumb nonsense like storm planets. Was that was one of the funniest things that ever I, happened? I, there I is just, there's one monster we've seen that has never that just hasn't appeared again. Um, sure, there's and I, I'm, a bunch. It's there's a there's just a monster that has teeth. It's just a, it's instead of a head, it's it just, just has teeth. teeth. It's just teeth. Oh, I didn't teeth see that. Head. I I've I've only seen it once. I looked at it and it ran away, and I've never seen it again. But that's the that's worst one of the thing. funniest what, things is this game is has it? jump scare monsters that run away when you see them. And I'm like, yes, what? And, and it's like, what, what does that mean? Do I need to close the door and run? Am, yeah. am I am I in risk? Am I gonna die? Like, it just it, yeah. it showed up. I tried, up, I I tried to it, call Flower just... Man's bu- bluff. I fucking was like, you fucker. I started like chasing him and hissing, <laughs> and, and uh, but I ran directly into a face hugger and died. I'm like, oh, damn it, <laughs> interference. <laughs> I was going to see how badly you can chase down that guy. It's really unnerving how quickly he retreats from our room when you look at him. Yes, he is fast. He's also very fast when he's chasing I've someone. I've never seen him. It's uh, upsetting. We're, we're talking I about yeah, this. It's kind of like a, uh, a spiky black silhouette that we ca- I kept calling a bird. I think he still looks yeah. like a bird. <laughs> he's like, he the, like the, the, the raven man. The only ones that I've seen was the tick. There's like a tick with eyes, big boogie eyes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I saw the T-Rex. I saw the, the big trunk person with holes, like the big giant with holes in the chest, but no head. 
Yeah, that was outside though. One of my favorite things is that one of the most dangerous enemies is the slime because when you see it, you're like, okay, I can deal with this. (laughs) I can do this. Isn't this run's not burned? I can I can deal with this. I just need to like navigate in loops carefully and like not get cornered and i can still go find something worthwhile and you can jump over it if you're really careful and then you, then you die because <laughs> you jump in the slime or you get trapped by the slime or you get trapped by the slime and something else shows up like the slime is so non-threatening and it, it's caused so many deaths <laughs> it can also it can also break apart which is the worst part oh of no that is the worst because uh, me and me and illusory got stuck in a room and it, there was a slime in front of us and I was like, okay, we'll just trick it to go downstairs and then we can go upstairs and be fine. And then we went upstairs and saw that the slime split in two. And so yeah. there was one upstairs and one downstairs and it was like, oh, we are like fucked. Yeah, I'm still, <laughs> like I'm still it, trying to figure it, out if it split or if there was just two that were on top of each other that then went different ways two, or not. That's even worse then. How, yeah. like, we would never know. We can't tell. It's such a big fucking Illusory slime. Illusory fucked up so it, bad though. There was no, he did not need to die. <laughs> All you guys no, had to didn't. do was lure those slimes into the giant room and go around them, and you just would not commit. You just wouldn't it commit too, to luring them so, in. But you, but it takes forever. It's it a was time already at the game. doorway. You guys are just being dumb. You guys kept. You guys so kept running through. around. You guys kept just done. I thought they were just fine. Yeah, but you got. Well, he was carrying something. You got to have his back. Well, like yeah, you guys, I was carrying too. What do you like, mean? You, you guys were both. It was dumb. You just died. It was stupid. Dead. You're stupid. <laughs> I agree. I'm not denying that we shouldn't have, we shouldn't have died. I but I was it's like, just, I, it's such I a slow fine. moving enemy, and it was already at the door. You just have to wait a few more, like ten more seconds, no, it would have been in time. the room, and then you could have gone around it. And instead, you're like, okay. <laughs> I was just watching you guys just set up rakes and step on them. Like, you put the rake there. Why did you do that? Now we got to be fast. <laughs> it's about about getting out there as fast as possible. It's, yeah. it's a fun game. Play this game I, with I all like of your playing. favorite friends that you like to yell at. It's a yelling game. Yeah, these are. Uh, don't if you play have this. A bunch of people... Don't play this game with your butt hurt friends that get butt hurt about things because they Ooh. will get mad when you betray them or or leave them behind because it's an emergency and they'll take it personally. <laughs> you got to play with your fun friends. I I do absolutely get mad when I see like when I see like a flashlight or something get left behind. I do definitely get mad about that. I am willing to be killed. I'm willing to be abandoned, but like, take my shit. I don't want to buy flashlights again. It gets me. It's so it's like the one thing that pisses me off is the loss of money. And I'm like, oh, no. Yeah, because <laughs> it doesn't come back until the end of the day. But it's always shit we need. It's always shit we need. It's just I hate that. But everything else. Yeah, like I will. <laughs> if I if it's like I, I how many times I'm, I sacrifice myself deeply amused on by the these. way that people just lose all their shit. <laughs> It's so it's how, how do you, I only how do they do that though? It's only if you, you die, your right? Shit. Yeah, if you die yeah. or like you get left behind or just any like yeah, like at the it's just it's just incredibly common die. that we'll we'll equip everybody with stuff and then immediately yeah. those people all die. And so their stuff's just all yes. gone and then lost to us. Well, and then yeah, the next mission we ride back to having nothing. But that's normal though. What 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 can you do if you die? Well, right? that's I mean, realistically, right? Again, you can as serious as you want it to be. What needs to happen is there needs to be three different. There needs to be like team roles. You need to have a flashlight user, a weapon user, the guy who's carrying everything, and then like the I guess you could say the the like relayer, somebody who has the walkie-talkie and is like talking. 
And then you need someone mm-hmm. at the base who's like coordinating all that, saying that's, like, okay. That was always funny to me is that every time we were playing this game, there's always somebody in chat like, is, is, is somebody running comms? And I'm like, <laughs> comms. <laughs> comms, yeah. Imagine I, us that, that, I, being deep enough. Because like, they're probably used to watching people that are like, they oh like they're they're playing they're, 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 they're playing deeper into the game and they've got like they've they've got they've essentially like got the perpetual loop going on where they always make their quota so they have like equipment and stuff and like an infrastructure but like the game starts you with nothing and so yeah. you can't run comms from the base because there isn't by default like a walkie-talkie you have to buy a walkie-talkie and can you afford a walkie-talkie you need two walkie-talkies and if the other walkie-talkie guy dies and now your other walkie-talkie's trash <laughs> he doesn't do anything yeah. until you buy another one. And and again, like I said, someone has to be dedicated to the role of a walkie-talkie because otherwise, one, yeah. it's on a battery, so you don't want to waste it. Two, you can't talk on it while also being attacked or like trying to navigate. So if you're trying to like have your flashlight out and see where you're going, or vice versa, you know, like because again, these are all battery-operated items. You don't want to just keep them on all times and waste them. So you have to like, it's hard to micro yeah. or it's hard to like juggle doing a lot of roles in this game. So it has to be a clear, concise party, but that's not as fun. But there's also a clear to incentive say, like, to use the walkie talkie because the game just straight up has doors that you unlock by typing the right code in. And yes. so you just need the walkie talkie guy can just talk to the person at base and they can open an instant. But if you don't have that set up, then you have to either run all the way back and, to the place with the memorized codes, then run all the way in, so, which runs the risk of you just either dying on the way or the day running out in that process because it takes. Or there being a, a monster on the other, there being a monster so, on the other side yeah. of the door, yeah. and you yeah. never so know because he just finds you. <laughs> and so, what I another important thing here too is that's that's a good point. As Colonel said, there might be a monster on the other side, but you can also avoid one if you go into a room and have someone lock it from the computer then you can now avoid a monster. You can hide in a room for a bit while a monster leaves, essentially. Um, it's yeah, like you can be- see the radar. Yeah, you can see on the radar. And so it becomes a lot more like you can get, again, you can get really in-depth with it. And it there it is important to do like stuff like comms and things like that. But you like he said, you have to reach that level where you can comfortably even start thinking about it. In the beginning, it is so hard to even contemplate the idea of a coordinated strategical attack on this facility to gain as much loot as possible like it is so hard to eat like you open the door and the first thought in your mind is like what um find stuff like you just you open the door and just start running rummaging through stuff you're not thinking about monsters mapping locations like you're just just food find stuff you you have to make a quota you got to be there by the end of the day (laughs) like it's it's a gradual thing, but I I'm excited to yeah, like, it's really get cool. to the I'm yeah I'm excited to get to the that point when we're like midway there where we're tactical but not like try hard we're just able to execute really ridiculous once it's on you know once it's done you take a huge sigh of relief and high five each other type uh, missions where you're like we we did it we somehow managed to get money this time I don't know how the hell that worked. Like, those are the fun ones. I like those. I like when we all walk outside of the room after that and go, like, look at each other like, well, there's a monster in there. <laughs> like, let's, let's just not do that. Let's go home. Good job, team. <laughs> it's fun. But I am imagining the situation of walkie-talkie person. Hey, J6 needs to open. Walkie-talkie person dies because there's a monster on the other side. Somebody comes in. There's a body. Hey, 
Well, somebody who is looking at in in the ship, somebody who's looking at the bodies in radar sees the monster, locks the J6 door with the person inside. And the person is like, I don't know what's happening. Why did the door lock? But obviously there's a monster outside. They may hear, hear it. So and that's yeah. true. Game's just built for chaos, just nonstop chaos. It is. And it, we don't. It, I mean, it has a stamina meter that refills so yeah. slowly. And so like, it's awful. It's torture every time over, you try like it's, yeah. it's torture every time you try to carry something back to your base but yeah, the specific not, implementation that it has is that it's it's actually relatively it's a it's a decently long stamina bar for running when it's completely full and so you get one really big burst of running the fuck away when a monster shows up and in, in, inside of a facility to the point where you honestly do have a nearly 100% escape chance if it doesn't instantly kill you before you can react. Uh, but then immediately after that burst of speed is over, now you're so useless at getting around until it completely refills. It just takes so long to fill up again. So you're like, oh God, did I? Like you, you essentially need to have a... A constant like uh, Hansel and Gretel trail back to your the exit of the entire facility in your brain yeah. at all times. That's your your stack, your mental stack. You've got to be maintaining is that's always got to be there in your brain because you need to instantly react and book it all the way to the entrance and be on the right path, or you're or you'll waste your stamina going the wrong way, and then you're just like, well, the thing's still chasing me, and now I'm lost, <laughs> which, <laughs> which is the unique doom you fall into. There's a lot of great, great dynamics. I love that the the scrappiness of like being stuck with almost no resources and being like, okay, well, I've got the flashlight, you've got the shovel. <laughs> like we, we only have one of each, so we're gonna just do our best here. And it's like it's uniquely infuriating to try to navigate a facility when the other person has the only flashlight, <laughs> and you're just like, oh my god, I can't see anything. There's also it's like the other funny. thing too is there's there's a lot of stuff in the store that can change the way that we would want we can we play the game if we want to. Um there's definitely like we can get stuff like lock pickers, and I imagine that makes it so the keys aren't as important anymore. So we can yeah. just literally open up locked doors without needing to waste an inventory space on keys. But I, I don't know, like there's but there's because it's a money angle, because I have to spend money on getting an item and I don't yeah. know what the hell that item does, there's always this like I don't know. Let's keep doing it until it doesn't work anymore. <laughs> like, like let's. It's, yeah, we uh, we haven't engaged super deep into the economy of items, and I don't. And since I'm not personally doing the computer, I don't necessarily know how much the budget is or how reasonable it was to use these items. But the key, the keys are an interesting resource because this game has Zelda logic, where one key opens one door, and it's any door. Yeah, and it, it's like what's fascinating yeah, about that is that not only does it one it takes up an inventory slot so holding a key is a resource that you need to manage because you only have four inventory slots one of which is probably taken up by either your flashlight or your shovel or whatever thing you're clinging to for life and your goal is to fill that inventory with items to take back so everything you're holding that's not a space for that is bad but interestingly not only can you run around with keys and use them anywhere in the level you can take them with you home and use them in the next level and you can just enter the next level yes. with keys it's like that's a really interesting dynamic to establish in the game I would just have an inventory full of keys sometimes and drop them on the floor for other people to pick up so they could also enter the next level with a key and it's like it's like really helpful like suddenly you're like well this didn't go great I but didn't, we do have keys I didn't find many locked doors maybe <laughs> it's because you guys kept opening all of them maybe but I didn't find many I found there's a lot, the, of, the there's a lot of randomness, still. both mixed in with how everyone else is interfering. It's like both the level being truly random 
and everyone else interacting with it differently that ahead of you potentially that like you can get just wild experiences moment to moment from room to room mm-hmm. but also like the game can go from like really sparse with a particular mechanic to really dense with it really quickly and suddenly everything's locked and you're like calm down jesus christ and I don't even know if there is a correlation between how many keys spawn and how many locked doors there are. Sometimes you unlock a door and you're like, well, I feel stupid because <laughs> it just yeah. loops around to a place you were already in and you could have just walked around the locked door because the locked, I, it, the locked doors are not you. guaranteed to actually open to anything new. It happened to you, but I was while I was alive, I was trying to tell you that that locked door doesn't matter because you can just go around. I, I was trying to tell you, but I couldn't. I don't think you could hear me or something. Maybe it's chaos. Yeah. One of the primary things I've learned about every game where a bunch of people all talk at the same time is that uh, the human brain can only handle so much talking and so many people at once, just in general. So you almost need your to... Your human brain, Keith. No, your human it, brain no this is everyone. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> not know. talking about myself not noticing things specifically. I'm talking about know, everybody okay. in general. Like You will literally hear someone yell something ten times in a row, and then the person right next to them will immediately do the opposite of that information and, and be like, what do you mean? No one's saying anything. Because like mm-hmm. you just the brain, it, the brain is constantly doing an equivalent of that fucking basketball gorilla, but with what? audio. <laughs> yeah, you know the basketball gorilla. There's just a bunch of people. They, they, there's a bunch of people. There's just a bunch of people passing a basketball around in this in this uh, video, and they they tell you at the beginning count how many times they that they passed the basketball, and so mm-hmm. your mission is to count how many times they passed the basketball. And then at the end, it's like, did you notice the gorilla? And, and then you watch the video again, and there's just a fucking gor- gorilla fursuit just walking through the middle of the scene through the crowd of people. Oh. And you probably didn't notice it the first time because you were counting how many times they passed the basketball. Exactly, and that, that yeah. makes you focus on a specific force of information. And as far as I can tell, uh, this trick working is like nearly universal. Like it definitely yeah, gets probably. people. Like I've ruined it, obviously. But it totally does get people, and like this was like a, this was like a very, this is like a basically a viral like I think even pre YouTube like 2004 internet video was everyone freaking out about this video because, oh my god I didn't notice the gorilla, and I find that a, a, an incredibly helpful video for explaining uh, every single time people get into get on let's players about supposed let's player blindness and they're mad about like let's players not noticing things as if let's players are like uniquely ill-equipped to notice things or uniquely bad at video games or unobservant or something and it's like no man you're passively consuming a video where you can just your eyes can just wander around you're not you're not playing the game you're not on a mission you're not multitasking like your commentary with like map navigation and your mental stack of all the tasks you're trying to take care of and what the gameplay mechanics are all that you're free of all of that you're just hanging out staring at a screen half zoning out so you get to like look at the edge of the screen and those weird random things and like see way more so you're not you get to notice the gorilla but it's extremely normal for the brain to not notice the gorilla is the thing it goes and, and also so, you don't get to play the game because the game was to count how many times it got pa- ball got passed. Exactly. Yeah, you're <laughs> not counting the, you're not counting the passes. You're just looking at the gorilla. But that's not how you yeah. play the game. You don't play the game by looking at the gorilla, motherfucker. <laughs> so the uh <laughs> this is a it's a it's a it's a thing that annoys me because people will be really mean to let's players and streamers because of this this perceived lack of perception. But what they what they what they're doing is they're missing a chance to actually just embrace a cool bit of human psychology and how people work and how perception works and see it in real time 
and instead they're blaming the person for how all humans work and it's like fuck you yeah. man this is how everyone works yeah. this is how you work you just can't tell because no one tells Cause you because you, you're not yeah, yeah. You, you, it's impossible to notice what you're not perceiving basically yeah like and also and it's more than that like you can spend an hour looking for something you know exists and then you when you find it you get the endorphin uh, of oh i found it and let's get yeah. going you immediately forget that you spent an hour embarrassing yourself yeah. in front of yourself it's like how your childhood because memories you... of playing video games don't account for how bad you were for video at video games and how lost yeah. and couldn't, yeah. you can do anything and like like i played zelda when i was three you loser i'm like yeah you were bad at it when you were three i promise you didn't, you didn't yeah exactly <laughs> you were definitely bad at it you were a three-year-old you stupid <laughs> You, you just don't remember that or, You just remember Zelda. Like, I'm so game. cool. This game made me feel cool and badass. And I saved the girl. And then he made a kiss. <laughs> <laughs> Does that happen actually in Zelda? No. I don't think Link ever gets kissed by Zelda. No, he does not. If hmm. if he ever did, I would guess maybe in Breath of the Wild the or Wind Waker. Oh, the Wild, I don't think any of the other ones. But maybe never. Wind Waker, I could see that happen. But Wind Waker is the one that has the that one weird line where it's very clear that they are just sort of trying to lampshade the fact that they don't have sexual teams in their games. And so there's the, the I don't remember his name, but there's like the villain at the beginning of the game that goes, oh, I'm going to win this puzzle and I'm going to be have my special uh, special time with Zelda at the top of the mountain or whatever. And Z what? Zelda's like, your special what? She doesn't say... Your special time with who? She says your special what? So she's the line is her being upset that the, that he's gonna have romantic interactions with anybody. I don't remember that. Line. Like, no, oh, no, damn. we can't have romantic interactions. That's not good. And I'm like, yes, that's based. Rut row. I don't remember that. No, yeah, I no. just I need to pick on things. He probably wouldn't. It's just like in the middle of a dialogue. <laughs> and I, and, I, and I'm, I was watching. Like I said, I didn't play the game. I, I was just watching kids let's play, and uh, and so that's why I noticed that. Yeah, but I do get vindicated whenever, like I, I get, uh, I get a lot of very. I'm fortunate enough to get a lot of very, uh, well, a lot. I got a few um, very active viewers of my streams, and th so they help me out and they they point out things that I didn't notice, and and things like that. Not in a in a sort of um, in a uh, sort of uh, what's the word, backseat gaming kind of way, but just you know, just interactions. And I get vindicated a lot whenever I I'm, I notice something, and they're like, oh, I never saw that. And I'm like, yes, look at me. And I mean, I am playing Baldur's Gate yeah. 3 right now. So so it is the game where you know, oh, I never saw that it happens like every other. Yeah, one of the, one well, of the little was... victories you have as a Let's Player is whenever you trigger someone to leave the comment, like, you can do that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's very easy to do on games that I'm very, very familiar with. But on blind Let's Plays, you can't do that. It's so difficult. It's so difficult. There's moments but in Baldur's Gate. Yeah, I mean, if the game is made to be like that, Baldur's Gate definitely is the kind of that kind of game. Or just like um, surprise reveals. Like I'll get it up in puzzle games. I'll have in some other things. And there's there's also oh, yeah. like even just moments of just like everyone playing the game the way you're supposed to or whatever, or they think they have a, a rote path through a Zelda game and they don't think anymore. And then I go in and I just yeah, just kill that boss in two hits. You just use the bomb. I'm like, what? <laughs> Yeah, the, the um, I I think min maxing strategies is the some people are just very good at it. I'm not very good, uh, but at that. But people who approach games and be like and just think of what is the optimal way that I can see. It's not necessarily the, the the ultimate optimal way, but what can I see that is the optimal way of doing this? Let's do it. And a let's play like that is very informative, but it's also I don't know. 
It's just it's it's the whole summoning on Elden Ring to summoning the the mimic tier for every fight because that's the optimal way of doing it. Kind of kind of way, you know. But podcast is actually, dead. I'm, we died. Dead I, no, no, I'm still I'm Kill. ruminating about the I'm <laughs> ruminating about the the summoning the mimic tier. Baldur's Gate three right now. It's putting me in a place where. Um, I'm realizing just how many tools the game gives you. Because uh, it, it, there's the potions, there's the scrolls that you have, there's some wands, there's... Uh, obviously, there's the whole thing about being able to flee combat and, and re-engage from a better position if you're in a place where you can flee combat. Um, and uh, and obviously, the, the, the fact that you can technically just use uh, different party members <laughs> instead of resting. You just you don't want to rest. Just go grab Shadowheart and oh, instead yeah, of just rotate them all around. Just rotate them out and they're fully rested. Let's go. Uh, but the potions themselves are and, and the throwables are so powerful. It's just just incredibly powerful the way that and dip and like I haven't dipped my weapon a single time and it's like it adds one d ten or something at this point in the game that, to damage. It's just absurdly powerful, especially because later on you get to have more attacks. And all of this stuff, I'm not doing half of the, what the game allows me to, and I'm having fun with the game. But yeah, there's a lot of systems. If you if you use all of the systems, it's just it's just even on maximum difficulty, which is where I'm playing, you just break the game. It's just like okay, that's that's final boss. All right, let's one shot this motherfucker. Let's go. Dip weapon, throwable speed potion, health falls. I have 35 armor class. Let's go. And uh, yeah, it's not. I I, I like that it, the game allows you to do that because the alternative to just letting players find their own play style, because that's what the game is doing, is letting players find their own play style. Some people want potions, some people want dippables and throwables, whatever. Um, the alternative to that is jacking up the difficulty so high that you're forced to do that sort of stuff. Toshi is... seems to have just genuinely min-maxed his character because he just deletes enemies now. And I'm like, I can't... No, that's normal. I'm like, that's I normal. can't do it. I can't do that. I don't know how <laughs> to do that much damage. <laughs> What the fuck that's are you doing? Norm. That's normal. So I've got, I've got, I've got my druid and I've got Karlak and I'm just like I can't, I can't keep up with this. <laughs> it's like no, you just need to cast I, some spells. Every I don't know how to do more. I don't know how to do more damage as these characters. What, how is he doing this? That's like his, normal. His monk his like, like attacks that. three times per turn and runs across the entire room between attacks and then just keeps attacking and then has reactions and will like kill multiple people and you're like, all right, well, I uh. I used one ability that gave me advantage on hitting, and I used another ability that gave me the equivalent of advantage, but for the damage roll. And then I swing, and I did ten damage, and that's my turn. Woo! <laughs> Maybe should we, I don't know. I I don't want to intrude on your let's play, but look at your spells and think of of uh, different ways of approaching your. Uh, you can also respect if you want to spend. I've already, time doing I've already that. tried to. That's what I've been trying to oh. do to an extent. But I'm, what I'm talking about yeah. just now is I'm talking about Karlak. Like, I'm trying to, like, how do we do damage as Karlak? I'm like, uh, you can... Well, I did... Karlak. I, I can pop two cooldowns that both... One make, gives me an increased hit chance, and one gives me increased damage roll, in that it, it takes the, the the best roll. And then I swing my big weapon that's the best one she currently has, and... Woo, I did 10 damage, and fucking unarmed toaster yeah. is like, I'm doing 75 damage per turn, I'm running across the entire screen, and I'm just got super speed. I'm like, what the fuck is and happening? And is not even... His build is I, not even as broken as as the ranger build that I have. So, <laughs> and then as a druid, I, I my, like char my character sorry, is completely like, like trapped with uh, spells that you can't make stronger. Like the spells just 
do the thing the spell does it's prescriptive yeah yeah so i just feel left yeah, behind because yeah. i'm like these things do not keep up with what's happening with other characters they're just deleting for, things and the spell does this and that's all it ever does forever for carlax it can say two important things uh she because she's a barbarian uh it's really important to make sure that you you choose the right uh rage type for her like the rage animal or what the beast mark whatever it's called um I don't play the right one. Yeah, I, I, I basically like the way that I get like fuck you kind of damage with Carlac is I, I make it so that she, uh, what is it? I, I make it so that she has the unstable rage, so that way she generates a random wild magic every time she goes into rage, and oh, then, yeah, that one's good. uh, and then I have it set up so that while she's raging, she takes uh. She like has the ability to dash really fast, but as you did the uh, wild magic it, that's really uh, good, subclass. Yeah. yeah, I did the wild magic subclass. I um, think I did because berserker. That's the one I use. Yeah, yeah berserker is thing... what I gave my character. So my main character is berserker, two barbarians. which is yeah, I have two barbarians, and so the second one I gave wild magic to, and Carlax way better than my bar than my rage yeah. barbarian. I sometimes like, wish these games told her, you what classes you're going to be able to recruit, so you could just pick one of the leftover classes. Everything but bard. So, you can get everybody but bard. I have not seen a bard character, but I've like, seen every other yeah, house in the party. I'm like, but I'm the druid. I don't know that yeah. there's a, a bard, but I, I should point out that in Acts 2 particularly, and I assume Act 3 is even more from what I'm seeing, uh, you are basically going to want to rotate your party members around so you're going to spend time uh leveling them up you're going to spend time putting items on them <laughs> and removing items from other party members it's a bit of a nightmare but if you want to do their quests you want to do that and i i i'm not i'm playing a single player right now so and i'm still having uh, spending a, a little bit of time messing around with with that yeah so i still need to figure out some more characters abilities and how to best play them and so on i'm a little afraid to, really i'm a little afraid to place to switch characters for like a couple of reasons, one being just during a let's play, you're like, okay, this is more, this is more downtime to probably cut out where it's just like, yeah, I'm that's, just like that's definitely, trying to read yeah. and process what this class is and so on. Because the scary thing about playing Baldur, like if anyone was ever afraid of D and D being complicated, one D and D isn't very complicated because uh, most of it is just you you fill out a sheet based on instructions that you do in your free time outside of the session, and then you show up and you just for a lot of it you basically just like say i want to do this and then you're the dungeon master's like okay roll this and that's most of the game uh but playing D D in this form in a video game you have to learn what every class is at the same time <laughs> like you're yeah. like, oh fuck so you have to like be, you have to like uh not only figure out how to play every class but then figure out how to build every class and like look at that giant list of feats and know which ones to pick for every class. And it's just like, it's increasingly a nightmare to, where you're like trying not to break is, all these characters. The good thing is a lot of the feats are kind of meh. So you're going to like ability yeah. score improvement. It's just build your character yeah. to have plenty of whatever. Like I went through and like, I got, I got Gale and I was like, I want to make Gale the, the bard of, of, of wizards. That'll be funny. He'll be the, the pink, like mind control -y stuff. And, and That's then, good. And I'm like, oh, these only work on humanoids. <laughs> I had oh. immediately yep. nonstop encounters that were That's none why of the spells more, more do people. any. You immediately hit several yeah. encounters where none of the spells do anything. But no, yeah. one of the uh, one of the unique 
constraints that playing the game in co-op does is that you're playing with another human being who is an adult and has a life and a schedule so you're trying to get the most out of the game in a limited window and so that makes me not want to change characters because one just the act of swapping a character even if i know the character just swapping the character in general will ambush you with 10 minutes of dialogue sometimes that you now have to sit through before you can go back to what you were doing but also can't if you equip you, them if you're not, and if leveling you're not, them up, it takes so long. <laughs> but yeah, like if you're not super familiar with the character, you then have to like stare at this character and all their abilities and figure out how to play them to even try them. And yeah, that downtime yeah. is something you're inflicting on the other person. And then like, then you, you when you're trying to get back to it, like you you like you're like oh fuck, I just we just we just lost like half an hour of the like three hours we had. That significantly cuts down how much we get out of this whole thing overall. Yeah it's uh um so the way that we solve that problem is we wait generally speaking what we do is we before we even start the game we sit there and we kind of like touch every character make sure they don't have any level ups or anything like that and then oh you do it uh, proactively i see yeah we like like before we oh, go oh, out because we always because well, there's, we a, there's, a, there's always a few end. things there though because like one you're talking about not let's playing true yeah so like we, I, I specifically is like i gotta i gotta record every playing. conversation and we have to both be present for them because one we both need to know what's happening in the game and also potentially react yeah. to what's happening in the conversation so we can't there is no before it is just during the you're either just doing the let's play yeah. or you're not there is no pre-work uh the most off-screen stuff i've done is i looked into respecing my character off screen and was like okay mm. I, i'm not in the middle of something right now we're not recording together I can sit here and try to like figure out like like it, what I want to change about my build, which I thought I was gonna I, I thought I was gonna massively revamp my druid, but then I what I what I found about what's supposedly strong about this character is just the fact that you can use concentration spells while you're still shape shifted. So you can shape shift, then use your concentration and then you can use a concentration spell, shape shift, and then keep using your bonus action to move the concentration spell around or benefit from it in various ways. Oh, that's a good subclass. Which yeah, I was yeah, missing because uh, I was using the moonlight spell and or the beam of light or whatever it's called, and that requires an action to move. But the flaming ball you can move with a with a sub action, uh, bonus action. So that means you can run around as a bear and attack people, and then use this your bonus action to move the ball around. But even then, I do feel like I like at the current level I'm at because every D and D class kind of scales differently at different levels, and it, that's a struggle in its own right. But like the rate at which they gain power is all over the place. Like the number of characters that suddenly have a bonus attack at like level five, I think, is just wild. Yeah. Uh, so like a, like overnight, my character got way stronger because he suddenly attacked twice as a bear, while also mm-hmm. and then my lo- knowledge also leveled up, and then I knew that I could use the flaming sphere to have it move around. And like the game also like unfairly biases towards certain spells by breaking the rules of the game it's based on. Like it doesn't work like D does it as a concession to make certain things work on a programming level they just cheat for some of these things in that they uh they've turned some spells that clearly are meant to be a bonus action spell or some other thing and they just turned them into a summon so there's certain thing there's like certain what? spell there's certain types of spells that oh you like light light yeah, yeah the druids have a bunch of those that's true there's just a variety of spells that where you create a thing in the world that you can then move around and some of them okay. you move around during your turn maybe even as an action meaning you can't do anything else and it really fucks you up 
other things you summon that have similar text in the physical rules that are even the like both in the game and in the real physical rules in the book uh, are suddenly treated as a summon. And that summon is just a separate entity with its own initiative and turn initiative and, and stuff, controls yeah. completely differently, and even though it's not what the rules say about the spell. And that's way better because that means that spell just doesn't affect your turn. Like if if something if it summons if it if it if it enters initiative and has its own initiative, it's just a separate character. That means your yep. main yeah. character is just completely free to do whatever he wants. I'm like, that's not how that spell works at all. Like there's definitely mm-hmm. like Larian had to cut some corners here and there on some of these spells to make them work, I guess. And it the result is that they're super broken compared to how they're supposed to work in some cases. Yeah, but that, but that the unfortunately does are very handy. That unfortunately can mean that you're also kind of restricting yourself, though, because some things are unfairly broken when they shouldn't be, and so things that didn't get that treatment, you're going to want to avoid because you want to stick to the ones that you've found that are weird niches that Larian has made too powerful, which reduces your spell usage. But even then, like I go through all these hoops to like. I summon a thing before the fight starts, then transform into a bear, and I've now spent my entire first turn basically not attacking, but just preparing for the fight to start. And then, now, as a bear, I need to go try to track down enemies and and reach them so I can then finally hit them and and get damage in on them. And then I'm trying to also, like, move my flame sphere around, which, like... It, I've had effective fights, but I've also had ineffective fights where if the enemies just outrange the flame sphere, it's really hard to catch up with them again. And also you have to be careful how you're moving it because it can damage all of your teammates while it's, while it's moving around. And it can effectively block off passages for your own team because it's a physical object in the world and they don't want to approach it because it's on fire. And it's a lot of work compared <laughs> to like yeah. Toaster just being like, I'm just Neo from the Matrix. Look at me go. There's no downsides to any of this. I just basically teleport and nothing personal, kid. And you're just obliterating everything with and you're like not even using a weapon. <laughs> like he's not <laughs> he's not using a weapon. He's not casting spells or resources for the most part. He's just going. I'm like, all right, well, this seems a little <laughs> this class seems can, a little little let me tell you, uneven. Let me tell you about my class, which is a ranger. I early in the game found out that there's one-handed crossbows that you can dual wield. <laughs> and they do 1d6 plus whatever uh, bonuses you have. Whereas the normal short bow does 1d8. The long bow, I think, does 1d10 as well does the, um, the uh, heavy crossbow. Or the two... The, I'm not sure. I think it's the light crossbow does 1d8. And so there's, there's, cro- there's two-handed crossbows that do a little bit more damage. The problem is having... Uh, there, there's there's balancing acts, right? Uh, the, the balancing act of you ha- having a single crossbow that does one to ten damage, and having and you use one action to shoot it, and that's it. That's your turn. Or you have two weapons, and you use one action to shoot one d six, and you use another f- uh, bonus action to use your offhand, right? So you're thinking, oh, this is balanced, right? Because the offhand doesn't hit as often because you don't apply the dexterity modifier. It does a little bit less damage because of that as well, and th- that's 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 normal, right? The problem is there's a feat that all, most classes have access to. I, I don't know that any class doesn't. Uh, called Sharpshooter. <laughs> and this feat adds 10 damage to any ranged attacks uh, and reduces your hit chance by 5, your, your attack roll by 5, uh, which makes, you harder, makes it harder for you to hit, um, but obviously does extra 10 damage. So we're, t- we're talking 1d6 plus 10, just on a basis. <laughs> and that's on the offhand as well. 
which means that if you have high, uh, high enough dexterity and hit and have positioning and advantage and stuff, you basically get to attack enemies at 95% chance to hit anyway with, with that thing enabled because you can disable it and enable it. So I'm dealing like, without criticals, I'm dealing, uh, I think by level five, I was dealing already 17, 20 damage per shot. And I was, at level five, I had a bonus action, so I was shooting uh, the normal three attacks per turn, except I also have another thing with my ranger, which allows me on my first turn to have another attack. So on my first turn, I was attacking four times, 17 or 18 or 20 damage per turn without critting. So I would just devastate anybody that was looking at and just kept shooting three times per turn after that. Uh, but at range, that's the thing. At range, you don't need defense because a lot of the people um, are melee. You can hide as well, bonus action, because uh, that's the, the, the kind of ranger that I have. So it's just a broke, and I was using base bargain basement one-handed crossbows because the, the only special crossbow one-handed crossbow that I found is way later in the game, like at the end of Act Two, uh, and until then I was using just plus one one-handed crossbows. So I was using just normal basic weapons. I was the person dealing the most in the party, and I had uh, I have uh, Cadillac or I have Lazel attacking four times at that point at level five. She's attacking four times per per turn with uh, when she uses her action surge or however you pronounce that. I never can pronounce that properly, but um, Lazel is pretty powerful, but, um, but not always. She's, she's good as a tank, I feel. I, I respect her to be a shield wearer. Shields are very powerful as well, I feel. I don't use shields. No? <laughs> oh, also for barbarians, I found out that if they don't wear armor, I'm an idiot for not knowing this, but um, maybe, maybe you are two idiots in, in, my, in, my, uh, in my company here. Do you guys know that if you, a barbarian doesn't use armor, they add their constitution bonus to their armor class? Like, as in, they don't use yeah, armor. Their consti- yeah, so, so if you, a barbarian comes, their their uh, AC. Maybe. Yeah, their AC basically instead of just being plus their dexterity is plus their, their dexterity and plus their constitution. So uh, for Carlax, in particular, because she doesn't have heavy armor uh, proficiency, uh, for Carlax, if you're better off just not giving her. Uh, uh, armor give her clothes instead and there's there's clothes for that as well for barbarian clothes but they just give her clothes and she has like a base 16 armor class or something like that because the dexterity and constitution make up for it if she has um yeah it's a, that's the way i spec her but uh, if she has like for example 14 dexterity and 16 constitution she would get just a plus five flat to her armor class so the, on the base of 10 she gets that and then you can give her boots of uh, defense and a cloak of defense or whatever and uh, it just keeps piling her up, her up. She's she doesn't have armor in my game, and I have her armor class and or a shield, and I have her armor class at twenty one, I think. And but this is late game though. I'm uh, act three by now, but no armor though. So she's, so it's just like it's just the basic, the basic bargain basement setup for a barbarian and boots of defense and stuff. But and you can I'm not even min maxing too much. It's just it is possible to find these niche things where it's kind of fun depending on your items. It's just like, oh, look at this item. Let, let me try it. Oh, as long as it's not heat, by the way. I don't know if you guys worked with heat. Don't bother with heat. Heat is terrible. <laughs> I, no, it's, I it's a terrible mechanic. Basically, the way it works is if you, um, if you build heat, you take damage over time. Uh, but you can use that heat to do, to do attacks. Uh, and it's basically, you're trading your own health for, for, uh, for other people's health. And it's, uh, unless you have a, a self-sustained mechanic, it doesn't, it doesn't work. I suppose if you have resistance to heat, it could work a little bit better. But yeah, heat shows up, up everywhere. It's that in electrified or like electro charges or whatever. 
I'm definitely used hmm. to like relative power mattering less in D and D, and like this, but and this like a a subjective experience from like whatever tables you sit at, basically. But it's like for me, D and D has been such a role play heavy experience that mm-hmm. is occasionally punctuated by combat. That of course always takes too long because D and D combat is paced poorly, uh, and like it always takes a while, like no matter what. Once there's a few enemies involved, uh, yeah. but also it's like. D&D is so open to like improvised nonsense. <laughs> so like in a lot of combat, you can get away with pulling absurd nonsense out of your, just yes. out of your pocket and doing, coming up with bizarre solutions for things that I'm specifically used to avoiding combat encounters, not by not doing them or running from them or being pacifist, but like just not engaging with them as a combat encounter, <laughs> like not being like, I will now attack for one D eight. And that is my, that is my turn. It's like, no, you're I'm thinking to, outside of the box. Yeah. I'm yeah. used to doing absurd environmental interactions and nonsense. And like part of the fun of being a druid or a sorcerer is that they have a lot of very creative spells that you can do stuff with on a role play level. That is kind of harder to implement into a video game on that oh, level yeah. of like interesting outcomes. So I'm much more disappointed with my druid in Baldur's Gate where it's like, aha, I can use a level two spell to make a thorn pit and I hope they go through it. <laughs> and you're like, it's kind of like the extent of a lot of your abilities and uh, you can only equip so many of them and you, uh, some of the knockback stuff just isn't as powerful as you hope it would be. Or a lot of the environment just takes place on like a big, not necessarily flat, but not exactly full of cliffs and pits, uh, like open world area. Mm-hmm. So you're like, uh, there's not a lot of ways to like trick this scenario into having instant deaths or undoing the fight or doing something messy and nasty. One of the meanest things we have done is that very late, uh, relatively late in Act One, we're kind of like going around the map and just trying to clean things up before we leave. We're trying to like resolve any quests or find ones we've missed or like factions we've pissed off we're going back to like wipe out the rest of them just to like get the experience i guess and uh <laughs> mm-hmm. and so, loot because it's very important yeah but so like at this point there's no enemies behind well like yeah. we we so like house and made us go violent against the goblins like of we did course. that we did that path but that means yeah. that hours later we were like oh right that open courtyard that's full of 20 goblins is still just up there so what we did is we oh, we intentionally oh, appro- we intentionally approached from the front gate and just put a spike. I put my my druid spikes, level two sp- druid spikes, just across the entire open gate, and then we just mm-hmm. ran away after aggroing them. And so they all would just try to run across the spikes and die, like because yeah. <laughs> the spikes do yeah. actually a fuck ton of damage if you actually walk across them. Uh, yes. But yeah, I did something similar. But I don't always have as much world. room for shenanigans. <laughs> it's not always e- it's not always easy to get shenanigans done with my uh, no, yeah. my druid. And I'm just like, why well, don't just want to have a wacky time? I just want to have a goofy, stupid time. I've I've I put, wish I've I put so much work in trying to thorn whip up people off of cliffs, and thorn whip is a deeply frustrating spell to use in the video game because <laughs> you have to navigate. Yes, it is. You have to deal with with the games. You have to deal with the game's upsetting pathing system that just will betray you constantly. Uh, yes. The game desperately needs to have uh, the equivalent the of like, grade. like you know, how, you know when you click on an enemy and it when you highlight an enemy, it shows the path that you'll take to get to them, 
and then yes. the, and then you'll attack them and so on, and then it just shows what your turn will do. Two problems here. One, uh, when you click on them, sometimes it just doesn't do that thing. It just does something else, yep. which is bizarre. But other, yep. but also often the thing, the, the 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 AI pathing will come up with the worst solution possible, and you're like, that's horrible. Yeah. I don't want to do that. I have a way better idea. And so I, what I really want the game to have is a construct a turn build mode where you like you specifically plot out your movement path and your attack mm, in advance before yes. executing it. Because what's really frustrating is that if you try to improvise your turn, you can't tell if you'll be in range or not for the thing. You can't tell if you'll be in line of sight or within the circle of they the could... attack radius or what. And you can't undo the movement after you do the movement. So it's just very frustrating yeah. trying to build a turn in a way Some that's, that's just unique have... to this game. Some games just draw red lines whenever you mouse over a certain area. And I think yeah, XCOM to show your does perspective. that. To show, yeah, yeah. But the problem yeah. is the different weapons have different radius and, and spells have different like arcs and things. So it's not as yeah. clear cut, but it would help at least. It's just having yeah, line of sight. It's just a lot of struggle. And it, like, yeah. An undo button would it, be nice as well. Just be like, oh, I, that's not what I want. Yeah. Undo the, the turn. As long as it you just didn't be, trigger it. It would just be very damage. helpful if you could like click it on ability and instead of clicking where to cast it, you could also potentially click on where do you want to move to cast it, and like the game would tell you whether or not that range and all that works out or not. Like mm -hmm. being able to like in any way tell if a turn will work. It's just I I we we have lost <laughs> we've just lost so many turns to the the pathing yeah. system in this game, just completely fucking <laughs> yeah. you all the time. No, it's yeah, just, I, it's a brutally bad system that makes it hard I, to just I, do I, your turn. I literally told it, uh, there was one point where I told it to to go back downstairs and go through a door, and it went, okay, and just had my character jump off a ledge. That yeah. happened to I was me. Like, I was yeah. like, what the fuck? Yeah. How it the led to a fun just... encounter, though. The game is insane. For me, it's it my took five fucking HP in front of a ladder. I was like, bro, there's a ladder right fucking here. You could have just, yeah. why would the AI do this? And like, I, I get what Keith's yeah. saying. I fucking would love to have like a little, uh, like, yeah, like just build a timeline of what you want to do at what points. And you say like, move here, cast this spell, do that. And you kind of just get an overview. Okay, so you want to move to this location, cast this spell and do that. And you're like, yeah. yes, I want to visually see that that is the thing I can do. And the game would go, okay and follow that to the t exactly as you wanted it to be they probably because, like, could implement that in the game because they have that system where some spells uh, need you to confirm it's already, it's already halfway you know the, there they have it halfway almost, there yeah, the problem there. is that you can't just uh so you would need to not have it like the turn-based thing is pretty much one foot in the door the next foot is just make it so that i can have to i have to acknowledge a turn before it does the turn like yeah, that's like all you're asking magic or something yeah like that. so there's just so many strange me, things yeah and i i get it i totally agree i think like if there's anything that needs to that actually like once the game is fi finished getting its bug fixes the next feature i would want is something similar to that i want yeah. a like uh a turn configure a turn configuration or something so just turns like, are weird in a lot yeah, of ways me... like the, the game will be like like you'll highlight a path and it'll say provokes attack of opportunity i'm like okay i'm gonna take this cost and i'm gonna move so you click, you provoke an attack of opportunity, but it just provokes. It and, move. <laughs> and then it stops your turn. Yeah, I'm like, they yeah. have to tell him again to do it. I'm like, what the fuck? What was the point of warning me in advance? Or like, that's weird. Yeah, it is. It, it, it is. does that constantly, where you you do the turn and it's like, 
and then you have to tell it again to do the turn because it it stops yeah. you provoke the attack opportunity even though they pre-warned you it was going to do that so you knew it was going to do that it's it's also more infuriating when it misses like it's a it's a swing yeah, it and misses, a miss, it and it still makes you stop. And you're like, yeah. I'm far, nothing happened to me. This man literally swung at me and nothing happened. Why did I stop moving? Keep going. Like and I, Toaster yeah. and I have lost so many turns also to like picking an attack and then selecting your enemy and clicking and like I don't know if it's like their idle animation wobbles away for a second oh, or you slightly you or yeah. you slightly click. No, it's because we we've selected the attack already. So what it does is. Oh, it, it shoots it shoots the ground one millimeter away from the enemy instead of the enemy oh, and i'm like motherfucker why would yeah. i want to shoot the floor uh, why do i want to I shoot an say, arrow at the, at I would the say, floor why is there, a, there, should be, there should be a confirmation button for like do you want to waste your turn <laughs> you yeah, want to shoot, the, you want to shoot the floor for no reason i'm gonna say i'm gonna say that's a skill issue because it doesn't happen to me but it happens uh, all the time about. it's so frustrating <laughs> So it's it, one thing if yeah, you have an AoE, I'm, but the game will be like, you want to shoot an arrow into the floor? I'm like, no, I don't. That's what the, the fuck? problem. That's the problem with a hitbox of the enemy uh, being the enemy itself and not like a bigger box around the enemy. Because it should yeah. be like, you should be able to, instead of pixel perfect, oh, I, I'm shooting their finger. One of the most deeply mean? frustrating moments was that we were fighting the hobgoblin amongst the goblins. Like the t king hobgoblin man that has yeah. the mind flare body. Oh, and, right, uh, I know. So, we're, so we go up in the rafters, because that's logically the way you've got to try to deal with this guy. And there's a bunch of hanging Ooh. fire things above him. So you're like, oh, we got to knock these down on him. That's clearly a good way to, like, approach this fight. So I use Thorn Whip, because it's a free spell, and it's a cantrip. And I was in range, seemingly, and it said 100% chance of working. I'm like, okay, well, then I'm going to use Thorn Whip, obviously. I'm going to use th I'm gonna Thorn Whip on this chandelier thingy, and it'll drop on the boss. And I'm on the rafters already, in line of sight of the thing. I click on it. My character runs across the rafters, goes down the ladder, runs oh, into that, the boss, yeah. and then doesn't thorn whip. <laughs> oh, doesn't thorn whip. That's even so it's still, <laughs> now, it, it picked an insane path to thorn whip and then didn't thorn whip and just wasted my turn. And now I'm next to the boss. I'm like, well, okay, because we're loading for the 70th time because we yes. kept loading that encounter for, for so long because it was just torturing us. It's a tricky yeah. encounter. The, like no, half of no that encounter is the us game to, just needs half just that needs encounter is us trying to stealthily set up the encounter, and but even then, and no, fucking ha fucking Howlson is a pet instead of a party member, so he auto paths behind me, and I can't just control him individually outside you can of combat. Unlock him. Well, you it wouldn't can let me. I wouldn't. Oh, there's a uh, so <laughs> between your portrait and his portrait, there's a little hook thing. If you click that thing, it uh, like it separates him from you. I couldn't get like, it, it off. I, I need to know this information. Yeah, yeah. It's, the game it, it's not dragging. It's not dragging. It's the click of that thing. Why would, like they a, a they, little... why would they break the control format of the rest of the party? It's true. It's so true. Like for example, Shift that's C, not where how, you can. That's not how the party system if you works. Press shift, if you press Shift C, everybody that is in your group gets uh, goes into crouch or goes out of crouch. What? Instead of just being your character. Yeah, yeah. That's really handy. The problem oh is God. it doesn't work for followers. Like no. if you have summons. If you have uh, like uh, familiars and things like that, they don't. You need to manually do that to them. <laughs> so it's, uh, shift C is handy, but it doesn't work for everybody. If you have followers and if you have, uh, you know, oh, as Alcyon is a follower. Yeah. Yeah. It's an, it's, I think uh, just as regards to going to the rafters, I would warn you, though, of the possibility that um, if you go into the rafters, you get shot down. <laughs> They mm -hmm. will fucking throw a grenade at you and it'll, it'll fall all the way over. Well, we're also very so aware that, that that particular boss has a lot of movement range and the spell Repulsor. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we yeah. had a lot of gravity like, deaths, but we were trying like to give him a gravity are, death because when he falls, he takes like 50 damage. Like, yeah. Yes. But grenades, grenades are so ubiquitous. People have so many, so many like extra, or well, at least on maximum difficulty, they do. They will use a lot of. Is tactician tools, the highest difficulty? We're on tactician. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the, the third one. Yeah. Tactician's not so it's, that bad. It's not that difficult, no. But there's a lot of scenarios that just go ask, like go comically bad really quickly. We're like, oh I just my God. really like I just really like seeing things like people pushing their friends out of fire or uh, jumping over a chasm instead of instead of uh, and like going all the way around instead of going over my stuff. Or uh, the, something that happened to me was um I was using I was just looking for spells that would hit, really. Uh, and yeah. I was like, oh, man, this, this guy is oh, freaking... Uh, there's a bunch of allies to this big boss. And, uh, and just, I'm trying to kill the big boss first. Uh, because I know the big boss is a big boss. Um, and uh, and just like looking for spells. And uh, everything is 45% to hit. And then I see this one, 65. And I'm like, oh, that's the one. What is it? Bone chill. Let's go. Boom, bone chill <laughs> on the guy. Bone chill applies. So, uh, saving throw failed. And so he's bone chilled. So he can't heal himself. And I'm like, I, I'm not even care. Because when, when do enemies heal themselves? They, they never do, right? Guess what? All the friends started throwing potions at, at the boss because the boss was like halfway down. And everybody had potions because there were traitors and stuff around. <laughs> so it's just a bunch of potions flying on the boss and none, none of them are flying. I'm like, this is the best thing that happened to me <laughs> to fly bone shield on a random whim. And uh, yeah, seeing that happen, it was there's a there's a few things that are like that. It's a pretty it's an it's a neat game in a lot of ways. There's cool stuff. I'm deeply amused yeah. by the fact that there are several story moments where you can die. And then the game just keeps going, in part yes. because one, there the uh, Baldur's Gate three doesn't have a main character. Uh, even your character is not the main character, which is partly yeah. exemplified by the fact that you can just play as any of the party members to begin with. Mm -hmm. You can just pick mm -hmm. any of the party members and customize them. You can customize their appearance or leave them as default and just play as Karlak or whoever. And, and you get have the quest with them. Yeah, yeah and you <clears throat> and you have their backstory and all their stuff and and so on. Uh, but also, like, if you're, if you walk into an encampment and you're currently controlling a party member as the lead instead of your main character, they just do the dialogue too. Like, they're just the main character. They just end up slot right into that mode. It's very interesting. Yeah. But also, like, your other characters can revive the, your your main character when they die. Sometimes, sometimes and, they can. You can die yeah. forever. There's, there's actually yeah, but I but I've, I've ha but I have died in the plot. And then yeah. revived myself, and then confronted the person who killed me, and, and they had like, dialogue oh, yeah. about the fact that they killed me. <laughs> and I'm like, this yeah, game is funny. wild. This game is that's incredible. I, I know what you're talking about. That's really good. <laughs> There's like multiple opportunities to do that kind of stuff, and it's just deeply and amusing. What's but more, it's also a glitchy mess, and they need to fix it. <laughs> it it is a little bit. Well, you're not you're not seeing the. It is There's so many bugs. When, it's jankier when you're like, like jumping talks doesn't to you work. As if you're, no, it does. Like sometimes every time, it doesn't every time you click jump and you wiggle your mouse around, the circle keeps drinking, growing and shrinking nonsensically all the time. And so you can just arbitrarily jump further or less far than normal in incomprehensible ways. And you can't tell why it's working that way or isn't working that way. And sometimes you can't make a jump no matter what, no matter how hard you try. But if you play as the other character that did make the jump and then group your characters together in a party, they'll, they'll just make the jump. And you're like, mm -hmm. what? How do you make the jump? He can't make the jump. I just nah, took 10 I, minutes yeah. to do that jump. And now the AI did it for me? What the fuck? Yep. But then other times they you'll be like, okay. Yeah. But then you'll have other moments for where like, okay, Karlak has a higher uh, skill than me. She can Dang. jump way further than my character. Yeah. And I made this jump already. Uh, instead of switching to Karlak and telling her to jump, 
I'll just put her in my I'll just group us and then she'll just jump over here, right? Where it's the only And then she doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Instead she then goes down the ladder and runs to the boss room and aggro's the boss. I'm like, what did you Yeah. It was I was right in front of you. Why did you go there? But then like but also like the continue bug is still here. Like when we were at BLFC, they put out a they they put out an update claiming that they fixed the continue bug. And it's been happening constantly to us a month later. Like it happens more in multiplayer than it does in single player. Yeah, but they, like they have not yeah. fixed it despite claiming to have fixed it. And like, yeah, yeah this is a game. It's like it's a it's an RPG. You pick dialogue options and what, and like that's like a core gameplay mechanic. And like half the conversations can just bug out and not let you pick any of the options or even see what they are. And it happens just, more if you skip it's a dialogue. Shit show. We're not even we're not skipping dialogue. It's it's just happening constantly. It's happening so much to the point where just to go back. Sometimes it'll happen three times in five minutes, and you're like, "Okay, fuck, this is a game about talking to people, and the conversations don't work, and it's been out for months, so they should really work by now." But really, there should not be a situation where the dialogue doesn't work in a dialogue game. The very bizarre workaround that Toaster looked up and found out is that. the trick on co-op to unbugging dialogue is that you have your co-op partner that's not controlling the conversation, leave the conversation, uh, like stop listening, walk up to you and shove you. <laughs> wow. And you'll, you'll, you're, you'll hear the audio of you getting shoved, but you won't actually leave the conversation. And then the conversation will just suddenly have options. You'll have options wow, instead of it saying wild. continue. I'm like, what the fuck? That's wild. Why is that a solution? <laughs> I would never have thought of that. My God. No, it's probably related to why the bug happens, obviously. Uh, yeah. I just want to go back to, to the conversation with your partners or your companions. It's really cool that, you know, you can play as Carlock or you can play as Shadowheart or whatever. Uh, and you, you just get quests as them and people react to you as them. And it's cool. Uh, and so what ends up happening is that some quest givers and some, you know, just NPCs will have just generic dialogue for basically everybody except one or two companions, right? Like, for example, uh, Damon, the, there's this smith, um, he's a tiefling. And so a if you talk story. to him as... Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you, but if you talk to him as Karlak, he says slightly different things. And sometimes they say a bunch of more things than just slightly different things, right? However, what's really cool, and I'm not going to spoil it for you, but I, I, want, I want you to know this because it's cool. There's dialogue as well for NPCs, or rather for, uh, for companions that you can recruit that are not available as playable characters from the start of the game. So, for example, let's say, uh, yeah, like let's Halson say, and so on. Yeah, Halson. So, if you talk to people as Halson, uh, some people, I wish you as could Halson, play as Halson. You, get, <laughs> you, you can play as Halson. That's the thing. You pick him up not as a playable character from the beginning, but yeah, you can just assume I mean, the game. I, I just him. mean, I just mean that I, when I made my character, I kind of wanted to play as one of the preset characters, kind of like how I did in Divinity: Original Sin Two, where I played as Fane. Just because you do get you though. get more narrative hooks that way to play around. You with. do, but like you miss out on Fane's, you miss out on Fane's personality. Like I never, yeah. I, I played the whole game twice, and I didn't know Fane was such a smarmy ass. That is <laughs> true. Just, I don't really, I don't a, really know what Fane is like, and it, I do get a sense that a, when, like, whenever I have a cutscene yeah. as Carlac, she does seem kind of like, and she's so sort, cool. sort of like player character mode, and she's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like oddly more emotive in that she's more sad looking more often, and like because she's in player character mode and has more like that is she, she, she does player character expressions and so on that you don't yeah. see as often. Yeah, you do kind of miss out on them. Yeah, but at the same time, the it's a little bit of a struggle. You're like, oh god, our party is fifty percent player characters, and you only have four characters. That's a rough. That's a crowded party. That's going to be 
uh, yeah, that definitely is a problem. Well, not a problem, but it's a challenge uh, because you, you you don't need to play around that. But yeah. it's a challenge in Act 2 where there's a lot that start to have a lot more of those encounters where you're like, oh, I should have a Sarion for this or I should have yeah, Shadowheart. We're often going around with uh, with Karlak and Shadowheart and, our, and we just have uh, an array of stay-at-home husbands. Yeah, that's that's a good that's a good thing for Act One. For Act Two, you're definitely gonna need to change that. I think oh, you don't need to, but you're gonna miss out on some cool things. Yeah, I need to figure uh, out how to play Asterion and how to approach him. I think everyone was saying that was, so easy. I think everyone was saying I was doing it wrong when I played him earlier in the game, and now that he's leveled up and also has a certain narrative ability that he unlocked from his narrative, <laughs> that uh, mm-hmm. now I, he's probably got some fun stuff to do. But I need to like no, f- figure out I what don't he think do. So. No, I leveled him up all the way from level. Uh, so I respect him recently. I, I think I was to level nine. So from level one to level nine, and, and he's a rogue. And I think half of the levels are literally just a health increase. And then there's other stuff that happens in the background, but you get to choose nothing in the level up. So it's the most boring level up is the rogue, or at least the way I have him. Yeah. And then the way I play him is just set him up for a stealth attack at the beginning, and then just try to stealth and kill. Because you, what you want to see. At least for him, he doesn't get an, a bonus attack. So he's just like, you want to crit very often. And as often as you can, because you have some items as well that feed off of crits. Um, but you just want to crit. and But he doesn't do nearly as much damage as my ranger, because my ranger just does 100 damage per turn. <laughs> I just love how much of a dick he is. He's he's awful. <laughs> he's, he's, I think, I don't know. I think he's very humanized. He's, he's so mean to me all the time. <laughs> he's mean to you? Oh no, what are you yeah. doing to him? Why don't do you anything say nice to him. Are you saying that he shouldn't be mad and bad? I'm just being gay. It's fine. Everything's normal. Okay. Fucking, right. <laughs> uh, what is it? The uh, the warlock is just so like earnest and straightforward oh, and a... and yeah. romanceable, and you're just, and you're just hanging out with him, and it's very tender. Then you talk to Asterion, and he's like, it's like, oh, honey, no, sorry, it's not me, it's you, it's not you, it's me. I have standards. <laughs> Yeah, that's a beautiful she's, line. I love that. Brutal to you, <laughs> like oh my god. He's uh, he's got some. He's also one he's of really the several. Good. He's one of the multiple party members that have killed us at this point. <laughs> yes, we've been killed by several it, party members. It's <laughs> they're, wild. They're so, it is so wild good at killing us. Yeah, <laughs> and also, oh by the way, there's there's options that you can make with your party members that you're like, uh, if you're like just role playing, we're not even trying to kill them, but they get they, they you cannot resurrect them after. There's yeah, encounters where there's it's like, oh, we lose them. Okay, that's it. Final in, Fantasy, in nor- in like, Fantasy Seven deaths. Yeah, but not in yeah. like major. The Phoenix Down doesn't points. work anymore. I think it's because they get aggroed against you, like in such a way that makes it because you can only resurrect party members. That's the thing. I've tried yeah. using. So if they get angry yes, at you, then you're screwed, probably. Yeah, you can't resurrect. Yeah, yeah. But the uh, uh, no, it's it's it's, it's very amusing. I. I, because the act one is a is is set up as being here's your five hundred potential solutions to dealing with the the brain slug thing. I was very amused when mm-hmm. I very late in our progress we found a situation where they were like, it's like yeah I I could deal with this problem no deal I just need I'm just gonna need your eye that's the cost oh yeah I love that that's and what's very that's funny a, about that man. is that Toaster got that prompt and it was like ew no i need that i need i need my eyes to see because i use i'm a cool monk boy i'm not talking with this but then on my character i'm like i'll I'll pursue this let's see where this goes if nothing else i'll save first and just see what the fucked up cutscene is that happens or something yeah but i can't do it because someone else already took my eye (laughs) oh no (laughs) everyone wants my eyes (laughs) 
Oh my, I don't know about the first time that you could lose your eye. <laughs> I've already lost my eye in a different yeah. situation Wait, that oh, was also, I, also trying to deal with the same problem. <laughs> yes, I, I don't know the, the, the encounter where they want your eye. I know the first one that you're it's referring just, to. It's just deeply funny. This is so fucking funny. It is funny, yeah. It's, there's a lot of I'd upsetting cutscenes. There's a lot of funny dynamics and neat characters. Uh, oh, I mean, the I'm upsetting a... just continues. There's, uh, yeah. It, it's not. I, I thought I when I saw the first reviews, I was like, Act One is a great, is amazing. Act Two is good, and Act Three is just uh, shambles. I'm like, oh, that's gonna be a bummer. But whatever, I, mean, I don't care. Let's go. I'm having fun. I think that's been every uh, game no, they've just... ever made has a bad final act that falls apart and barely functions. I'm just having. I'm I'm loving it honestly. I'm at the beginning of Act Three, admittedly, but it's just like there's there's the like. It's just, it, uh, the, do you know the, the, the thing on Elden Ring where the map lies to you and think, you think, oh, it's not a very big game? Yeah. Um, yeah, so Baldur's Gate does that as well, um, but it doesn't do it with a map lying to you. You just do, do it with, oh, you thought you were done. No, 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 no. This is 20% of the act. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you thought this was the city. No, no. No, no, it isn't. Uh, or it's just like, but it also, I've heard people say, like, I have a friend who finished the game a while back and he was just saying, Oh, Act 2 was so small. I was thinking uh, I, mess, I missed something. And, uh, and I didn't. I didn't miss anything. But for me, Act 2 just lasted more than Act 1. And I did not miss things in Act 1. Apart from, I didn't actually kill the, the constructs in the tower. I forgot about that. But I was there. I just didn't kill. Like, they killed me, basically. I had to reload. Well, well. You, you may have not found the constructs in the tower no. yet. There's There's a it has been equally a long game. Just all of yeah. it, all parts of it have been long. I do it's, see it's an interesting ride. Act, I do see that the people were saying in Act Three that there's a lot more people that you can interact with, and people who just have one line. They exist in Act One as well, in Act Two, Act Two less so, but in Act One they they do. It's just that Act Three has a lot more. You know, it's it it's a uh, it's got a lot more people in it. So uh, there's there's just they're just there for scenery, a lot of them. Which I think I, I realized it can be a bummer for, for people who are used to being able to talk to everybody, like in Elder Scrolls or whatever. But that's not like that's unrealistic, you know. It it doesn't work for Elder Scrolls for one, because everybody has to fill you up with either uh backstory that breaks the pacing of the game or just boring stuff that is boring to read. Uh but the be I think the best solution is always to just have people that just have uh just don't talk to you. Like that was one of the big differences that I saw New Vegas do to Fallout 3, and I think that's a good decision. Just get people that don't say anything to you. They just say, hi, what's up? Uh, and, or not, don't say anything at all. Because that yeah. way you can base your storytelling, you can just have more more people in, in, in the environments. It does have the downside of you not being able to, if they all look the same, like, like in Fallout 1, uh, then you didn't yeah, find you're like, the, where's the main character? Andy. Where's Andy? <laughs> yeah, but not, where's Andy? Not in the quest that she has, but in the, I don't know where she is in town. <laughs> Part of the struggle of trying worry. to find Halson was the fact that, like, the fucking goblin encampment, every single character is oh, a named character that it. you can talk to, both yeah. inside and outside. And so it's just like, there's like 50 goblins that are all named, and you can talk people, to all yeah. of them, and you're just like, okay, where do I go for the story? I know I cannot figure out where the fuck it is. And the like, goblins are the story. And they very much want you to find it, because it's not, like, marked. They don't mark where oh, Halson is. Him, you very much have to find him, and it seems like a lot of people just don't. Yeah. Well, the thing is, it is, it is sort of, you know, it is hard to find in the sense that you need to get past a bunch of stuff. But also, 
what happened to me is I saw where he was and I was like, oh, I'm not going there right now. I'm, I'm busy doing this bit. So I, I don't forget. And then I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 yeah, so what happened is when I was starting to do the the murder murderizing, um, I uh, I realized, wait a minute, I never found the house in Let Me Reload. So I lost like half an hour of of play time to to that because I I just reloaded, which is a normal thing. You could, I mean, there's no downside to to not finding him, as far as I understand, as long as you save him in the sense in, in a way. So um, yeah, but it's just because. That that environment is so big and has so many linked locations and event like what, what in yeah. our in our case like like I I went in via a burrow that was on the top of the mountain entered into the side of the middle of the place non linearly because I shape shifted mm-hmm. into a, a burrow uh, then I'm navigating this place from a weird side chamber and I yeah. I go all the way down to the room that has the big troll lady or whatever and then I pass a bluff check or whatever and they're like oh yeah i'm supposed to be here haha <laughs> and then from then on people like are allowing me to be there and i go mm-hmm. deeper in and i solve the fucking elder puzzle on the ground and then i go all the way into oh, the yeah, fucking el- under dark and i'm like where the fuck was Halson? and so we go back up to get ra- getting st- stuck in the co- in the conversation with the goblin lady that kidnaps you and like well this is a yeah. dead end and you just keep that's a fun conversation then i go all the way back to the fucking service and i'm talking to people up there being like where's Halson? where's house and then you're yeah, just right. finding the weird bdsm torture man and then there's people being oh, ca- captured well. and there's just so many things happening and like we literally found every particle of space that wasn't Halson first like toaster yes. found the drow lady and the guy that wants to in- that that one wants to interrogate the dead uh mind flayer like we just went everywhere but house and to the point where we're like okay where have we not been we had to just stare at the map and slowly methodically scrape it up and down to figure out what room we hadn't gone in yet because it's just a big convoluted environment that you can experience explore explore non-linearly up to and including but also not even using the front gate to get in and you can skip yeah. past it to the ender dark and fight a minotaur yes. and you're like where was the story? Where is it? <laughs> but also because the map doesn't show where he is. That's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> no spoilers, though, for if people matter. Uh, but um, I mean, there's, I, there's uh, spoilers throughout anyway, though. There's spoilers throughout, but we don't need to spoil too much. Um, the the You mentioned the Elder Puzzle. Uh, would you believe me? I'm sure, I'm, I mean, you would. But I, I will tell you that that is the best puzzle the game has up until the beginning of Act 3. Is that puzzle down there? I would believe you because every single Western RPG has terrible puzzles. But this is a special kind of terrible puzzle. To the point where the majority of Western puzzles, most Western RPGs are just like, would you like to play Lights Out again? Let's do the Towers of Hanoi. But the problem is Baldur's Gate 2 in particular had such cool riddles and things that you had to figure out. But every every Western RPG uh, for the last 20 years has just trash puzzles. Just trash. To the point where, like, even when you're playing my favorite, even when you're on Novaria, my favorite part of all of the Mass Effect games, and you get to the fucking AI core, and it's like, time to play Towers of Hanoi. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck you. An easy easy one to implement. They 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 blew it so hard. Uh, But the problem is Divinity Original Sin 2 and 1 as well. They both have terrible puzzles. But I think Baldur's Gate 2 or 3 is the the worst they have ever done in terms of puzzles. It's, it's upsetting because I, I feel like you could hire a puzzle designer. You like could. Not as like, yeah, a, think, like not as like a full timer like development schedule wide. I think it's a design staff issue. member, but you can bring somebody in that could design in engine puzzles to make some fun scenarios throughout the game. No, I think that's the that's the problem though. Is they try to stretch the engine, and the engine is made for combat and for dialogue and for a little bit of stealth in the middle and moving around, uh, moving around 
objects in the in the overworld or in the in the in the world. But the moment they start start adding things like, um, you know, what if you could play like you? I'm sure you could use the engine to play Snake, <laughs> or I'm sure you could you know have a puzzle to be like Snake, or, uh, or have a puzzle to be. I'm just making up. I'm not saying the puzzles that exist because I don't want to spoil it for you. Um, but just basic stuff that that other engines built for that would work. An engine built for playing Snake would work. For doing it in Baldur's Gate 3, it doesn't. It's jank. It's You're going to end up falling off the map or it's going to be bad. And it does. That's what happens. It's basically, it's jank. Uh, and it's not that it doesn't work. It's just that it, it, the controls are always bad and the, you, you can't figure out immediately what you're doing because what, what are you doing all of a sudden? What What is this game? So it's just better to let the narrator tells you the rules of the puzzle and you answer either in dialogue or or make it the choice in the overworld if you want that kind of puzzle. But it's just make it dialogue based. Why Why try to be all weird like even the 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 wouldn't it be much cooler to have a cool riddle or just have a like a no so, trying to answer in game no one lore. makes riddles anymore i'm tired of riddles <laughs> I, but I have rotating heard, plates on the floor come on i, I have heard so many games oh, use no. this stupid fucking human riddle i am tired of it anytime i swear anytime <laughs> there's a riddle involved <laughs> Someone's always like, who oh, what has three legs in the morning? I'm, I'm going to fucking kill you. Like, <laughs> always the same shit. I'm tired Baldur's of it. Like, it doesn't I, have that, but it has the nothing riddle, has the egg riddle, and it's sublime and it's amazing. It's got other riddles as well. I, Those are the easy ones. I, 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 someone bought like a riddle book in like 1998. It's made by the same fucking people who bought that one riddle book in 1998. That's what the problem is. No one fucking <laughs> does anything. It's just it's ag- I hate like, I hate any kind of puzzles or riddles that it's are not than that, puzzles though. It's but so whenever much there's than a jank. whenever there's so a puzzle janky. or a riddle inside of a game that isn't that that's not the core of the game, it's always, it's always shit. Yeah, it's true. always shit. You that's know what? True. It would be easier to do to not do it. Skill you check. Have Make to a skill it. check. I making a wisdom check of roll. You know what that's I? What, you know what I like. I totally like when I go up to a chest and I press I want to lockpick it and then I roll some dice and it goes, that's... nope, you suck. And I go, well, I guess I suck. And then I just that's redo exactly it again. It. That's, exactly that's it. way better. I don't don't come at me with some weird shitty mini game that you programmed for six months inside of a an intern's asshole. All I want is just something simple to get it Whoa. out of the way. If if I have to do something, get it done quickly. Right. That's like a, I got to unlock a door. It's a button. It's a button. Maybe roll a thing. Show me that. Move on with life. I don't want to. I don't want to play pipe dream again. I don't want to answer your riddle about what a human is. <laughs> I, just, I just want to. Pipe play dream the game. is the original sin too. That's pipe dream. I think. Liza P does one? this. Liza P has a whole stupid fucking riddle oh character, God, and you and you open you t- you answer the phone. And it goes like, I'm gonna tell you a riddle. Tell me what the answer is, and you're like cool i hope you just have any kind of unique riddles to the world or something it's like what is a human i'm like i'm fucking you think that Baldur's gate would just be just be clever about the fact that they're using they're still using division original sin 2's like floor mess mechanics <laughs> where you can put stuff on the floor <laughs> you can spew no, like you know I love that. I, I I'm saying I like the, the game's full of like cover the water floor in water, cover the floor in oil, and other stuff like that. And like yeah. you could use that to do a puzzle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could have a you could have interactive. You just have a riddle where the solution is to put the goop on the thing or something. 
That's what they did in Divinity Original Sin 2. That's Pipe Dream using that. Or what? I think. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't have to do with Pipe Dream. I'm just saying, like, the solution could be, like, ah, you gotta oh, hit your right, head on the cliff of Deborah. <laughs> without increasing the difficulty. Um, there is a point, uh, there is a point in the first act where you can technically use um, one of the wall spells. So, like, stone, ice, fire, whatever wall you want. You could use a wall spell to put it in front of a lever, and then that way when you run down to the lever, you're immune from getting hit by a projectile that shoots you until you turn off the lever. Um, I don't remember that. that. Is a, that's because that's most people probably don't do it that way. They probably just run down there, pull the lever, and be done with it. Or but, disarm uh, trap. <laughs> or, yeah, or disarm trap. Yeah. But, like, you can you can do that. Like, there, there are actual solutions and puzzles you can do using the in-game mechanics the problem is just it it's all things you have to come up with just like real D. it's not in the game it's just your imagination yeah. leads to an, an answer that the game otherwise wasn't going to tell you to do because it didn't think about it and the like thing is puzzles in D itself a tabletop are very difficult to pull off as a as a like oh as they're a, awful Yes. Well, they don't need to be. They could most be amazing. Dun most dungeon masters hit this his problem once, and then just like, oh wait, what have I done? Never do it again. What have I? What yeah. have I fucking done? Like you're like, you can think of the the easiest or the most coolest puzzle. If you don't, if you're not willing to adapt to what the players are thinking or saying, you're always gonna be just yeah. All of a sudden, playing a different game because you're, no, you're, you've been role playing up until this point, and now we spend half an hour thinking of what what am I thinking? Asks yeah. the DM. I always what do remember I have not even the riddle stuff, but I just I just remember like our we had a dungeon master that that uh had up some kind of like set up like a sluice gate puzzle or like a series of environmental interactions that all worked in concert to solve the puzzle and like it's hard enough to convey a an environmental puzzle in an environment, but when you all you have is a, a grid of paper and people hanging out in voice chat and playing imagination land with each other, you it's like you're you're trying to convey a puzzle to people that maybe don't even have like a mental image of what's happening right now to begin with, like don't yeah. have a cons concept of it. And like, how do you explain what's in front of them without just explaining the entire puzzle and so on, or even that there is a puzzle. Like, how do you convey that, that, that this is, it's time to enter puzzle solving mode, look around and figure out the escape room, ask a bunch of observational questions. Like this is a text adventure and then put the logic together and solve the thing. Like how do you even put your players in that headspace to want to do that or even realize know, that's right? what's happening yeah. right now? Yeah, like the you, way that we did it like in Cape a... Escape is that they literally went into actual escape rooms in universe. So they, so we, the players knew our characters needed to solve something because our characters knew they had to solve something in the story because they were playing. They were essentially going through like a theme park, essentially like it was a series of, of in universe escape rooms. And so, Here's your gimmicky clues and everything, and then you enter a pu pu uh, pu uh, puzzle solving mode. And even those were like extremely simple puzzles by escape room standards because there's only so much you can do in that format for puzzles in a, in a tabletop RPG without it all falling Plus, apart. Yep. It's it dangerous. Is not ideal. <laughs> that is the, the risk of puzzles in non puzzle games. It's also, you know, it's just like putting a mystery inside of a, you know, an, an action movie or something. You need to write for that. It's a very specific type of uh, writing style uh, and thought process and explanation process. Like, 
you can write a mystery but not explain it well enough for the person to follow along to figure it out on their own or not. And also you need to make the ending rewarding enough to justify all the work that someone went through to solve the puzzle. Um, mm-hmm. nothing's, nothing's more annoying than spending all your time waiting for a puzzle you already know the answer to to be solved. <laughs> it's really like infuriating. And then the end is like, congrats, you did the thing that you knew was going to happen 20 minutes ago. <laughs> cool. Could I go home now? Um, that's the, it's just, it, puzzles are frustrating. They're very hard to do, to make, to execute and putting them in a game where you're already doing like Boulder's Gate, where you're doing like 50, hundred other different things at a given time. Yeah. It's just a like different just, type of experience and they shouldn't, yeah, they shouldn't easy, like it, you can do that. I suppose like if you really want to do that, it it, it is doable, but you need to just it's the whole thing. Putting putting the player in that mindset is you need to be conscious of what it is because otherwise of, it's there's a lot of signposting and so on. Like they have to realize yes, that this is what's yeah. happening and what they need to be thinking about now. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Otherwise, you're like, what's happening? What am I doing? It's very easy too because it's it's a game that will just throw you into the middle of another complete giant conflict if you're not paying attention. There has definitely been like. Uh, I've had situations where Mandy just opens a door and something happens and then I just have to mm-hmm. kind of like <laughs> accept that where I'm like, I, I don't know, <laughs> like I'm in the middle or we're like, we're just in the middle of encountering an entire different world right now. I don't know what you just did. Like, I don't know what opening that door meant. I don't know. Could, am I going to have time to go and investigate this room? <laughs> you know, like there's sometimes just a thing will happen and it just is not a, uh, you just have to, in, you just have to accept that a change has happened in the world. There's not, you're not going to do the math. You're not going to do the puzzle. You're not going to figure it out. Um, and building a story that doesn't get impacted too heavily by that decision is important. Like, yeah, you did open that door and a thing happened, but it's not going to like ruin your time. You're, you're, it's not a big deal, but it's but a lot of fun if help. you sit down and look at it. Like if you investigate, you're going to have a wild time, but it's not that important. Like those are good to me those are good puzzles in RPGs. but in tabletop like that that is doable because the if, if the party is not doesn't care about the murder mystery and is like oh they say the butler did it but i don't think it did and then the party just goes no it probably did what else and like obviously as a dm if you have a bunch of things prepared you're gonna need to throw it a, around or out but you're gonna okay this party just wants something different let's do something different right because you need to be conscious of what the player likes so the, the, the characters there. will just come to the wrong conclusion, then act on it, and then that's just what's happening yeah. now. And it yeah. can be fun, so, or that you can you can change the the ending. It, it turns out it wasn't the butler, or it was the butler all along. If your team really thought it was, and it, if if you think that narratively speaking, the payoff is better if you if you change who you wanted originally to have done it, just because you know, can you imagine a, a full party just all of a sudden? Oh no, you're all guilty of murder now, or something. You know what I mean? It's like all of a sudden, oh, we spent this whole quest and we just didn't figure this one thing out at the beginning. Because <laughs> I mean, I think it's, uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't want to be extremist here too, but I also think it is fine to fail your party. It is fine for your party to fail. But it uh, needs to be satisfying, though, even in failure. Well, I think in tabletop anyway. In a video game, you yeah, reload. That's... Like you, re- you died. Whatever, you reload. It doesn't count. But in well, tabletop, would... it absolutely does. I mean, that is the thing is that the the option for reloading is what changes it between a I, I guess a like when you're doing a role playing game, there are concessions that are made differently based on the medium it is. So like in right, like say 
in a live at in a real life um tabletop environment you can kind of say exactly what you want to do like keith is asking for you can say like i want to move to this location throw a fireball at this guy's face and a dm can say like no you would have to climb a cliff like you can't do that and so you'd have to coordinate you'd have to like you could sit down there and get exactly what you want to happen even if there's like someone's going to swing on you when you try running you go like that's that's fine i don't i'm willing to take the hit i just book it and like you just you can do that it's a lot easier but the game can't make that concession and likewise i think the game can't make the concession of like mass failure or it can make the concession of mass failure a lot easier because you can just reload so we can say like yep you all failed you are all idiots and then just like okay well now we just have to reload the game i guess um yeah Whereas doing it in a live action environment, that would suck. It'd be really annoying to have to like... It wouldn't work, yeah. Yeah, like everyone died. We're just going to pretend like we just didn't do 30 minutes of gameplay. Okay. <laughs> like <laughs> like there's a there's a lot of differences in that variable. Uh, and I think that's... I don't know. I, again, I think the puzzle aspect kind of leans in on that of like the limitations of what you can do in live and uh, video games. Yeah. Um, where I think, you know, choosing between... Choosing between a... Uh, like a regular puzzle on the ground generally speaking you just riddle. can't load in a tabletop rpg you could I, very easily you just i think it's just people that, like, I, people almost never allow that there's like the minor thing of like you have like very tiny retcons for like oh this would be happening in the meantime or like oh right we didn't account for what this other character was doing let's like fill that in real quick and you kind of like do a little non-linear time but you don't normally like undo the the encounter when the consequences don't work out the way you you meant because like you declared the actions you wanted to do pretty clearly there's only like the the uh you only have the most minor things like oh right we forgot about mirror image or something like you just made a mistake about how the mechanic would work but generally speaking if you said what you wanted to do and then the consequences worked out the way they did that's just the story that's just what happens i think for for me the the biggest thing with tabletop at least you know I, I'm not saying that it works for everybody like that, but I am always in character, even when I'm just following other people. Uh, you know, other people are having the the stage, as it were. I'm always in character, thinking about what my character would do about about whatever is going on. So, uh, erasing that memory is something that I I uh, I have a lot of difficulty uh, with. When you when you think about something you would have done, but that never actually ends up happening on screen. Yeah, yeah. So, so, but now you've like imagined that it happened. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I, like, I was in a It's like the kind of thing where, like, technically could happen. Some t- Sometimes it's can it's like valid to imagine that it just actually did happen, and sometimes it would actively contradict the story. Yeah, yeah. I, I had a campaign where basically we had a literal Deus Ex Machina happen because uh, one of the players was new to the ND and kind of broke, immediately made enemies with everybody in the party. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we had to have a like a god come in and be like, "You behave, you motherfuckers," and then we had to role play that. And my character was very godly, and it just had to have like a, an awakening and changed all of his class just based on that. Um, not his class, but like his uh, his where he was going. But for other characters, it didn't matter. It was just like, "Oh, sure, yeah." That so maybe it's just me that I take things in a certain way. Well, anyway, we're about out of time for this week. So this has been the uh, Lethal Company and Baldur's Gate Hours (laughs) (laughs) podcast. Totally related concepts. You can send your questions to dialoguechoicespodcast at gmail.com. Most of them were directed at me and Toaster, and Toaster's not here, so we didn't do any. 
Bye. Sorry, guys. Bye. Bye.